0: God, oh, come on! Really? I, yeah. Really? I, I know. I'm not even going to say episode 114. Can we do a <laughs> podcast where it goes an hour and a half or two hours where I say nothing? I just want to sit
1: back. <laughs> I know. I know. Can we just get to the other stuff so we can laugh and have some fun? I, <laughs> I Oh, uh,
2: yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It just—it's just impossible, right? It's impossible that a Sunday night game could be a routine game that ends on time that doesn't go down to the last play so that we can, you know, at a reasonable hour, get this show to Steve Dion to produce and get it out. You just know, I guess it's every single week, no matter whether it's 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. But you just know when they play Sunday night, Put your money – go to
1: Vegas and put your money on long-ass game that goes right down to the wire. At least have the common courtesy to score on the first drive, right? God. They got to go to 15 seconds left in overtime? That's right. They can't just score within the first couple of minutes to end it. I just said forget it. I drove to your house. You left. I left. You pulled a Bob Levy. Well, I left when they were going for the first field goal. The Cardinals and yeah. I and then he misses done. it. you were, you you. I was out.
0: I thought you you left before the first. Before. I did. I, yeah, I was yeah, in the car. You, right? you were
1: done. You you had given up. I thought Rabel was going to give himself a hernia. Do you
0: have any recollection? You're not a college basketball guy, so you what? may not remember Wait. this. You not may not, well, you may not. You're not a Big East guy. Uh, Do you have any recollection no. of Syracuse and UConn about 15 years ago at Madison Square Garden playing a six overtime game? Like it's one of the most famous games. Yeah, I think I watched it. Like just it was a Big it. East basket. Yeah, it's been on. It's on all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think they I played just six it. overtimes. Yeah. And you know, my father and I went to all of these games. Yeah, we yeah. We traveled. You know, we spent hundreds of thousands. Who knows how much money <laughs> to go see these games to go watch them. Yeah. I can't tell you how we were in the middle of the row in the garden, wherever row we were sitting in the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and it was late, whatever. He he wanted to leave like seven different. That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Like in the first overtime and a regular Bayheim's blown it. <laughs> let's go. We're out of here. Let's 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 go. Let's go back to the hotel. I'm like, no, we're not going. OK, so going.
1: you're the we're not going guy. Yeah, I'm like sitting there going okay. oh, yeah. I'm like and he's like literally getting
0: up and ex- excuse me, excuse me. He's getting out of the row. He's like leaving the yeah. row. People are like oh. and then I made him come back in. They go to second overtime. Beheim does <laughs> something stupid in the second <laughs> overtime. He's like, that's really it. Come on, we're going. Yeah, he puts on his he had a trench coat <laughs> on, God. and he said, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this team. I'm yeah. done with him. I said, Dad, you just flew to New York to We flew here to be here for the game. The game's not over yet. I am done with Bayheim. I'm done with his antics. Let's go. And he gets up, and he's like, excuse me. And the people that are with us now are like, okay, dude, are you leaving or not? Yeah, yeah. Then he come back in. He did this like five times. I'm closer to him. Like, I'm a big— You're done. Yeah, I'm out. You were done. Which which field goal was it at the end of— it was the first field goal that he missed. Yeah, that he
1: missed, yeah. In overtime. There was like a 25-yard a run up the middle, and, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is it. It's over. Yeah. So I got in the – but I, I'm a big leaver. Even in the NFC oh. Championship game against Green Bay, I was halfway out the door. You know, we haven't really started yet. We're supposed oh, to yeah. save all this. You sucked me it's in It's Mitch Unfiltered,
0: <laughs> episode 114. It's available on all podcast platforms, not to mention MitchUnfiltered.com, and we hope that you'll not only just subscribe, but you'll listen and write a review – we like the reviews, you know, where you can rank us yeah. from one to five stars. As I always like to say, we're the most listened to one-star podcast, most fabulous one-star podcast. Give us a rating. Uh, Hotshot returns from Idaho. Yes, sir. So this, you talk about a long day. Did you start your day in Idaho today? Well,
1: luckily I didn't. I started oh. in, in Oregon. In Oregon. Yeah. That's what I used to call it when I lived <laughs> east. Oregon. So I drove from um, – and. and Nevada, Nevada, yeah, Nevada and, Gonzaga. and Oregon,
0: What and about G- G- Gonzaga. Yeah, absolutely, the Zogs, yeah, no, I didn't call them the Zogs, right. I didn't know about that, but I called them Gonzaga, Oregon oh, when God. I first came to town <laughs> yeah. and Nevada,
1: yeah, yeah, so Saturday night we got a hotel uh, in right on the border of Washington and Oregon just to get three hours out of the way, the whole family, the whole oh, mishpukha, w- wife didn't go, the whole, the whole mishpukha was not there,
0: you said the, the wife was, co- I, didn't you send me, a, the wife was coming to meet you in Oregon or something, she was supposed to, she backed out of this trip. She yes. was out of this
1: trip. <laughs> well, yes,
0: she was out. I mean, she was out of this trip. It's
1: a, a four-hour drive when I asked, by herself. I
0: knew the answer. Yeah, that she was out of this. Well, trip. Well, first of all, I was actually surprised when I got the text back. No, she's going to meet us. She's going to meet us for a night in Oregon.
1: She's got the. Biggest, I was very skeptical. She's got the biggest case of fear of missing out, FOMO. Like yeah. that's oh, it just it ravages but You go
0: her. on all these trips. Every time you come
1: come to this show and you talk about a trip, yeah. It's you and Piper, and not and the, the missus is always kind of doing her own. Thing. Yeah, I think she had to work the first time, and then this one she just didn't want to drive by herself for four. Well, only she could one, have come, could only have come one. On to you, yeah, but only one parent's supposed to come, and they only one parent's allowed in the gym per kid. Okay, because Idaho, you know. Okay, you should have seen.
0: They did they play this this little tournament? Everything
1: was all right. They yeah. played. Yeah, yeah. They, we don't know how many people. We still don't know how many people got sick. Well, we don't think anybody got sick. We yeah. You should have seen the the stands because there was a lot of Idaho teams. Yeah, it completely segregated with masks. Like our side, 100% masks. Idaho side, 0% masks. Oh, completely segregated without masks. Well, one half. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, just right down the middle. Right down the middle. We first pull into Idaho. Piper wants a bottle of water. Are they
0: doing well in Idaho? Numbers, I don't follow Idaho.
1: They're getting crushed. Oh, they are? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know if know they this. are where we are because we were down south. But yeah. we go into a gas station when we first get there to get a water. Yeah. Piper looks in there and there's not one mask. And we're just not used to seeing it in Washington. So yeah. it, she's like, I, I, I don't want to go in there. It, yeah. It's weird. People you just stare probably at me. I should have done this show from your house. Yeah, maybe probably not. Sick. Well, we are social distancing, and I wore masks the whole time, and I'm sanitizing, and you know, You're sure? eating outside, and You're yeah. Sure? Well,
0: so did they who's win? Was ever sure? Did they have a good time? Did they win?
1: Well, they they, they play well. They're sixth graders. Play
0: better. They have better defense than the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> defense. Right. I'm not supposed
1: to mention it. They they played up to a seventh grade. They're sixth graders. Yeah. So, so they got, they got whacked. Well, they actually won the first two because they're they're a pretty good sixth grade team. Yeah. But then they ran across a team that looked like high schoolers. I really thought we were in the wrong gym. Like, There's no way 11-year-olds are playing this team, but I guess right. they played them and they got, they got handled. So they, they went two and one.
0: And so the tournament was over on Saturday. You yep. went and spent the night on Saturday night, the whole
1: team. No, just a couple of, like three of us okay. got a hotel and halfway. And you had less of a, a drive home. Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I didn't want to do well, seven still hours. still a long day. How, yeah. how many hours
0: did you do on Sunday morning?
1: Uh, about three. Yeah. It's supposed to be three and a half, but I, I saw the greatest Jeez. thing, by the way, I've ever seen in Idaho. An 80 mile an hour speed limit. The
0: greatest thing that you've ever seen
1: in Idaho, <laughs> yeah. as if to say you've seen great things in Idaho. Well, no, it's not a very high bar in Idaho, but an 80 mile an hour speed limit sign. 80. Where's Lake Coeur d'Alene? Is that you, in Idaho? Yes. It's yes. That's Idaho, from... right? So I've been to Idaho. Are you adding that to your list now? Is that what's happening? No,
0: I've been. Oh, okay. Well, I've been to Lake Coeur But you Coeur like to
1: add things to, you know, to check things off, to make it like you're a, a traveler. You oh, know? I am a traveler. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> but we were south. We were all the way down by Boise. Port oh. Lane's up north. Oh, okay. Yeah, But there's an, it's 80 miles an hour for part of it. I, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was okay. awesome. Okay. Loved it. And then on the way back, just... And so how far... So if, if it's an 80 mile an hour speed limit... But only for like 15 miles, yeah.
0: You can then go, what, 88
1: and be I, safe? I set the cruise control at 89. 89. Yeah. Yeah, nine yeah. over. It's like the Autobahn. Yeah, it, it was. And, it felt and, kind and of Germany. weird. It yeah. felt my car's not really a great handling car, so it did <laughs> so, feel a little a little weird. I'm glad you got back. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> did Piper have a helmet to wear? I know I should. I should get her one. <laughs> All right, so it was a good trip. It was good. Yes, the you it was know fun trip. It was nice seeing people. It was it was fun. I I don't know if I'll ever go back there. It's kind of a far yeah. drive for three games. Yeah. Now they want to go to Vegas for a tournament, so I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I, yeah, I know.
0: I, I would have rather watched this football game in Vegas, but we're not talking about this football right now. Uh, by the way, before we start, before we actually start, I needed you to cast a big, a big ballot Oh. You know, there's a vote, th- apparently there's a vote coming up that people are talking about on the TV a lot. Oh, is there a new stadium coming? I don't know. There's some sort <laughs> that's of a all vote, I vote for. Some political thing. I'm oh, not okay. sure what it is. Gotcha. I'll figure it I'm, Because I'm, I'm, I'm apolitical. We don't, we don't talk about politics. What? We don't even consider politics. I just talked about masks and I'm going to get tweets. Yeah. I, I, yeah you didn't. I, I think there's something coming up in November, but I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it, it is. Uh, but there is a there is a Twitter poll, more important than any political mess, <laughs> yeah. that I sent out that's like 50-50 right now Ooh. as we speak. Okay. So you need to cast the deciding vote. I can't wait. So Max, my my freshman in college, came, uh, came over for the weekend. Second consecutive weekend after we hadn't seen him. Second, which is pretty good. Okay. The reason it wasn't really for us, my brother and his wife and his son, so my nephew, they're in town. Oh, really? Because he's moving here to work for Microsoft. Oh, great. I think I've told you that before. So because they're here... Max decided on it. He, he only wants to see them. He doesn't want to see sure, us. Fair so, enough. Yeah. So he's staying here. And we were watching football early in the day. And I love the kid. I, live there, I love the kid like a son.
1: <laughs> right. Almost, uh, like a son, right? <laughs> almost like
0: a son, right? Almost like a son. I really do. I love the kid. Yeah, yeah. But when we start, we can't, it's hard to watch football with him because he starts hammering you with his f- fantasy football team. Okay. He's still young enough to think that people care about... I, about other people's fantasy teams. Yeah. And I have said this since fantasy sports was invented, whenever that was. I can
1: remember when it was invented. I remember I played in 1988. Okay, I played fantasy base rotisserie, rotisserie baseball yeah, yeah. in
0: college in 1985.
1: I ate rotisserie I remember chicken last night. You did, yeah. okay. Sim- similar thing. Same thing. Yeah.
0: Similar thing. And I tried to explain to him, and he should know this because he never asked, at one point I'll say to him, not this time, but I'll say to him, do you want to know about my team? You never ask me about my team. <laughs> yeah. And and teams and he says, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, No, 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 stop. I'm trying to make a point. The reason you never ask me about my teams, let's talk about why you know. No, 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 no. What tell me about your teams? No, no, no. No, no. bullshit, Max. Yeah. <laughs> you never ask me about my teams and I don't want you to ask me about my I'm not this is not a plea for me, from me to you to ask me about my I'm trying to prove a point to you. The reason that you never think to ask me about my teams. It's very simple. Yep. He's like, what? I said, you don't give a shit. <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> you shouldn't. Nobody cares about other people's fantasy teams. And that's why I interrupt you. And I'm like, can I just, well, let's just watch the games and yep. talk about the game. He just wants to talk. So he turned to me today on the Sunday and said, dad, this is different. Oh, I'm your son. And because I'm your son, <sighs> you should care about everything that I want to talk about and show interest in me, including Ooh, my fantasy football team. That's a tough one. He threw that. He played <laughs> I don't the, know what card that is. What do you want to call that card? Yeah. He
1: played the 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 son card. He's your w- son. Whatever. Yeah, I mean yeah.
0: it's a it's a that was a heavy duty card. Yes, that's a big is. card. That's like a card sharks card. You know <laughs> right. the card sharks. Sure. That was a big card. He pulled that right out today. Oh, that's not fair. So I went I said you know what? I'm going right to Twitter. And I'm gonna deci- we're gonna decide this once and for
1: all and it totally helped you right once and
0: for all no it didn't (laughs) I wrote here's what I wrote on Twitter and it's still going on if you want to I'll retweet it this is 10 hours ago but I said I need your help to the listeners or to the followers Max and I are having a debate he constantly tells me about his fantasy teams and I say no one cares about others teams he says because I'm his dad I should care about his I should want to hear I should show interest And I wrote, a very simple, this is a Twitter poll. He's right, I'm right. And as of the moment, it's 50%. Right, <laughs> 50%. <laughs> and, and more than 1,000 votes have been cast. So you need to, to weigh in on this. Is he right or am I right? And don't say both. Don't say both. Because that's a cop-out and that's the right answer. You're, that's probably the right answer. We're both right, but you can't say both. Pick a side, choose a side. Any side.
1: If he's not Pick your a card, son, any card. Choose a card. If, he, if he's not your son and just a friend, that's an easy answer.
0: Oh my god! Well, yeah, I, I, it's you, over. Do you yeah. think I'd even
1: have the conversation? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, everybody knows this. People talk about their fantasy teams as if there's only one league in this country. <sighs> so, so thus you have something to judge it on. You, don't Nobody I, oh, you cares. You got Patrick Mahomes. Nobody cares. Well, how'd you get him? Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. All. Even if it's the same league, right. nobody cares. That's
0: right. If you and I were competing in the same league, yeah. I would not care about your fantasy team unless you're playing me. If you're playing me, I want to know how many points you scored. And that's all I want to know. I don't want to have a conversation with you about it. Yeah. The problem is I don't want to have a conversation with anybody about anything. <laughs> I find
1: myself <laughs> in fantasy, 53. just anything. <laughs> I just
0: don't you know, when these things go off these mics, I just don't want to talk to anybody. And yeah. that's a problem. It's been a problem for a few years. Well, I uh,
1: it's after, a problem. I've been working th- on that. Four hours on the air, and then you come home, and, and then your wife wants but to talk to you. That's not real.
0: That's the cop out excuse. No, you know, I, I used that as an excuse for 25 years. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great one, but it's if I didn't do what I do, what I did, yeah. nah, maybe I, if I was a banker, uh-huh. I wouldn't want to talk when I got home.
1: No, so it'd be the same.
0: I just, I like
1: quiet. <laughs> You're loud enough for three people. You right. <laughs> I did quiet. So what's your answer? It's nobody wants to hear about fantasy. Um, to put me on the... Even if he's my son. Yeah, even if... I win. There's plenty of things my daughter talks about I don't care about. I don't want to hear. What? See, I got a lot of
0: Mitch. When your 18-year-old son is willing to talk to you about anything, um, you show interest. That's a nice thing. That's a good thing because there's a lot of 18-year-olds that don't want to have any conversation with their father. So now I'm throwing that at you. God.
1: Well, oh, you didn't say shut your mouth and get out of the house. You I just... kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Still, know nobody know. wants to hear. All right, patrons. Boring.
0: Last call for half-price Seahawks gear. We're recording this on 10:25. It'll be released on 10:26. On on Halloween, we're shutting it off. Yep. So uh, you've heard me talk about it before for the patrons that are here. If you're not a patron, you can become a patron by going to MitchUnfilter.com. Uh, Seattle Shirt Company, 50% off, over 200 Seahawks items, half price, and they are truly slashed to half price. You've got to have the discount code. I'm not going to say it now because non-patrons are listening right now, yep. but it's on the Patreon site. It's been emailed to you. If you. If you can't find the discount code, Send me an email, mitchandmitchonfilter.com. I'll verify that you're a patron and I'll send it to you. If you want 50% percent half price Seahawks stuff for the holidays or for stocking stuffers or for Hanukkah or whatever, or for yourself, if you want that, it's going away. It's going away on seattleshirts.com on Saturday. Yep. Okay? Halloween. That's it. This is your last shot, so I don't want to hear it from you. I'm not. I don't want to hear from you that you're, What does everybody oh, max now? All I of a sudden, I can't believe it. I, I get the whole I get the whole on the beat the boys competition. Uh, oh, I forgot. Can I get my picks in now? Really, the game hasn't started yet. It's a one o'clock game. Hey, for the record, here's what I want. I'm like, I just shoot them the, the middle yeah. finger. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I can't get one right. I'm not letting you in. (laughs) That's right. I can't can't pick my nose. I can't pick my ass. Right. Okay? I'm not letting you in late. Shut the
1: hell up. Well, you'll be happy to know that as I I was having breakfast in Boardman, Oregon this morning, or Sunday, whatever. Yeah. Did you do okay? Boardman, as I call it, truth and advertising. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting by a dad who said, hey, uh, what's what's the password for Beat the Boys? I hope you told him to go F himself. Okay. Did you tell him what it was? You told him what it
0: was. Well, you told him what it was. What it was before 10 o'clock. He's, to <laughs> well, he He's does, got to listen to the show.
1: Well, he does. He's got to listen to the show. He does listen. I think he just forgot. He forgot to listen. But you'll be happy to know that he, he said. He
0: forgot that, to listen or he forgot what the password was? forgot what the password
1: was. I, well, I want proof. Okay. Show me the proof. <laughs> you'll be happy to know, though, he said he forgot to put his pics in one week. And I was like, yes, perfect. So you know, occasionally he forgets to put his picks in. He
0: shouldn't have been getting picks in this week. Yeah, that's true. Well, you gave him the freaking. Pa- how did you even remember what the password was? Uh, kind of shocking in my own right. I you don't know listen. that I. You don't gave don't listen to the show. <laughs> I don't
1: know that I gave him the You're right on one. The show. <laughs>
0: All right, week eight beat the boys. Uh, so I went two and one. By the way, I don't know how you did,
1: Piper. I mean, I went one and two. You did. I, I had her pick them. I, I, I went. Oh, that's I right. go and th- them. Oh, yeah. and three. Like I went two and one. One and two.
0: And the one that I missed. We had a shot, Stephen Guskowski, for the Titans. I had the Titans over the Steelers. Yeah. You obviously had that one, too. Yep. And he had a field goal to tie it at the end, and he missed it. I heard it on the way. As I'm he driving missed. through Idaho, I listened he to that. It. So yeah. I went two and one. Here here, here are the uh, week eight games. Okay. Patriots at Bills. Okay. Steelers at Ravens. You don't need to write these down. You'll see them on the thing. Right. You need to write the code word down. Patriot. And not because you need to give it to all the fathers <laughs> of your frickin' <laughs> basketball at team. least he listens Tell, no he doesn't that's the point <laughs> okay. it's the freaking point yeah. he doesn't listen right. he figures oh i got i got scott i see scott yeah uh, yeah and by the way you were right about your friend who your your old high school buddy who coaches my oh. son yeah i didn't know him by the name you gave him i knew him from another name what really yeah you called he him his he, identity you called him dan didn't you or dave
1: no i think i called him daniel danny danny yeah we don't know him as danny he's not danny anymore you know, he's coached dez Oh, he's trying to be, like, a cool guy. I, I don't like know. Like Des Bryant. I
0: don't, I don't know. And this is a newish team. He's only practiced about three or four times. They never played a game. And I was like, who's Dan? We know gotcha. him as Coach Dez. I didn't know his name was Dan. All I didn't right. even know he had a first name. <laughs>
1: he's like Sheridan? Patriots,
0: Bill, Steelers, Ravens, Saints, at Bears. Those are the three games for the Beat the Boys competition. The code word is... Rip. As in Hamilton? Yeah. Okay. Or as in Rest in Peace.
1: Because that's your favorite thing. Oh, yeah. It is. You love it when people die. I actually... <laughs> <laughs> kinda. I kind of do. I have one for this, for this oh, episode God. as well.
0: I sometimes think about, he's just going to be like sending out texts when I die. Like, I got the scoop first. Mitch died. You know, too bad. And you like to not, you, you like to not just send out that I die. You like to do these little kind of cute things. Yeah, too bad about Mitch. You, like, throw the thing out. You don't just come directly out and say, Mitch died Uh-oh. to your friends. You'll say, hey, too bad about Mitch. And then you'll get them to say, what happened to Mitch? You're like, he's dead.
1: You think I'll say, too bad? Hate to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> hate to hear it you think about I'll Mitch. I'll say, hate to hear it?
0: People <laughs> are going to find out through Hot Shots. I'm That's uncomfortable fair. with the fact yeah. that you're going to be the first one disseminating the information about me being dead. The bearer of bad news. I love it. I love giving it I out. almost died during the Seahawks game, but we're not allowed to talk about that during right. the tease. So the code word is RIP. Okay. You now know the three games, the Beat the Boys competition. I don't because you said I couldn't write matter. them down. Okay. Patriots at Bills. Who are you going to take? I have to go now? Bills. Bills, okay. Steelers at—oh, we shouldn't do this because people will just go the other way. Oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, true. And get 3-0. Um, it's it's all brought to you by Fire Fireside Home Solutions. They are the best in fireplaces and outdoor barbecues and garage doors. Terrific people. John's great. The I was, owner. I was
1: actually thinking Fireside about Fireside Home Solutions. Yes. When I was at the hotel in Oregon. Yeah there was this little fireplace there and I was like, oh, it's freezing. I want to get... And it, it wouldn't work. They couldn't get it going. I was like, I wish Fireside would... Fireside somebody Hope was here to help baby. me to
0: figure out how to do this. <laughs> Guests, Brady Henderson, who, who, as at the time that you and I are talking, I haven't spoken to him yet. It'll probably be three hours before I right. can talk to him. ESPN.com Seahawks Insider who covered the Cardinals and Seahawks game on Sunday night. I'm just going to say that Rick was on again and I don't want to oversell it. Like I told you before, because that, that just sets you up for a, a disappointment. Sure. Just listen to Rick Neuheisel, people. If you like Rick Neuheisel and you like the chemistry between him and me, we have great chemistry. We know each other for a lot of years, yeah. obviously. Play golf together, whatever. I don't want to say too much about this particular episode. <laughs> right. This is – it's classic. That's all I'm saying. All right. It's classic. You will love – if you like the camaraderie, the, the joking, the football yeah, talk, the awesome. storytelling, yeah. you like all that – that's all I'm saying. All right, okay. All right. I'm in. Uh, Derek Stevens is our third guest. Now, I want to tell you who Derek Stevens is. And right now, Steve Dion is going, okay. Uh, uh, excuse me. All <laughs> right. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. And I that, now I know why I haven't gotten the the show from you, Mitch, because you, you spent an hour and a half on the tees. Some tees. Um, I got to tell you who Derek Stevens is. Okay. Are you a Vegas guy? Do you like Vegas? Love Vegas?
1: Can tolerate Vegas? Where are you on the zero to 10 on Vegas? Wow, I loved it for a big portion of my life, yeah. and I've since sort of retired from it a bit. Retired
0: from Vegas.
3: A
1: little yeah. bit, it just, yeah. Yeah, just it, too much, too, too much. Too much in your face, too much extremes. No, I, I'd be more apt to go if I could go with, like, some friends as opposed to my wife. Oh, well, nobody wants to go with their wife okay, to Okay, well, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I love gambling, I love yeah. that. I love the yeah. whole thing, I just don't really yeah. go as much. How about sports books? Yeah, I love it. I mean, okay. we go to the March, March okay. Madness is insane down maybe there, we you've se- Maybe
0: you've seen the news. Vegas is a buzz. Right now as we speak, Vegas is a buzz. Do you know that? No. I don't. There is a new, a new property. Okay. It's not on the Strip. It's downtown. It's, it's called the Circa Hotel and Casino. Have you heard about it? No. Okay. A guy by the name of Derek Stevens, he already has two other properties downtown or three other properties downtown now. You know downtown, course, Fremont, yeah. whatever. Nugget. I don't even... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what everybody says. Gold Nugget. That's when you say, downtown, go. you say downtown, well, you say Gold Nugget. I think Binion's is down there too. He's got the D of some sort. He's got a few different ones. But this one's opening this week, Wednesday to be exact. Okay. The biggest and best sports book in the history of sports books. There has never been a sports book built that's nicer than what's going to open on Wednesday. It is three stories, three floors. Really? Three floors, all in one. I mean, it's not like you go up elevators. That's how tall it is. It's three floors. Okay, he just sunk all of his money into the sports book when other properties don't do I mean, he has a huge casino, whatever. It's opening this Wednesday. It seats 1,000 people. Now, think about that. Stadium seats. Stadium seats, 1,000 people. It's three floors. It's got a board, an electronic board like you've never seen before. He can play twenty to twenty-five games in crystal clear, huge. I mean, it is like he wouldn't tell me how much
1: he paid for the board. It's like Cowboy Stadium. It's I mean,
0: it's, it's so like- it's so over the top, and it's opening <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah. I just wanted to get him on to talk about his view and his and, and his vision, why he did this and what he. Yeah, he is so into the sportsbook element. Listen to what he did. He put a miniature size board with all the games out by the pool. Oh, brilliant. He says, you know, and I, and I noticed this. He said, you know, all these years I'm going, this is him talking, I'm going to Caesars Palace, I'm going to all these places, I'm in the sports book, I'm putting money. Then I go out to the pool and I got to like look on my phone. Right. I got to, so they put like a multi-million dollar board with all the games out by the pool. They so call it, great. I forget what they call it, swim Something swim, stadium swim, stadium swim, I think it's called. No one's ever thought of that.
1: Yes, he has. Yeah, it's one person. And he's on. He's the third guest on this show, I love Stevens. I love hearing the thousand seats. That's the biggest, because when I think. You can never get a chair. Ever.
0: Never get a chair during the hot times. Like, never get a chair.
1: I, yeah. I think March Madness, I think Vegas, I think I'll never be able to sit in the sports book and watch games. So I said
0: to him, shows? No. <laughs> shows outside by the pool, big pool area, shows outside by the pool. No, no theater. Hmm. Kid stuff? Oh no, twenty-one and over to get in. You can't even stay there unless you're twenty-one. Can't even stay. You can't walk into the place. That's how Vegas used you can't, to be. <laughs> you can't walk into the place wow. unless you're twenty-one. Okay. He says, uh, with all due respect to families, here's the deal. I, I, you'll you'll hear the okay, interview. Gotcha. I don't want to yeah. tell you too much about that. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, he's he's going twenty-one and over. He's opening on Wednesday. It's been a it's been a project that's been in the works for like f- five years. He he had to knock buildings down, demolish buildings, wow. and he and his his primary goal was I am gonna build a sports book like no uh, like nothing's even close to
1: this sports book. And it opens on Wednesday. The board out by the pool is awesome. You love that. Until board. I cannonball and short it out or something by yeah. getting it wet. He but. says
0: we're heating the pool to hundred and five degrees <laughs> during the winter. I want people out there during twelve months a year. Oh, that's awesome. And we want football and football, hockey on those boards oh. while you're at the pool. And twenty one and over.
1: Because that's what you do. You place your bed and eh, let's go out and get no some. No kids. Yeah. No Piper for a few years. I mean, I, I understand why people want that. Remember Vegas went went the family route? They tried to make it a family destination, Yeah, yeah. and that really didn't work for them? I think it did. I think it kind oh, of did. It. It? No, I don't know. Maybe it didn't. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I would have liked to have been at this place today when Max wanted to talk about his fantasy teams. <laughs> <laughs> He's 18. <laughs> so there's your, those are your three guests, episode 114. Love it. All righty, Hot Shot Scott. Before we begin officially, episode 114. Evergreen Golf Call, start with a free newsletter at evergreengk.com. CEO Tyler Hay is with us again here on episode 114, a one-stop shop that helps grow your family's money and has even acquired a longtime accounting firm so that they can take care of all of their clients' needs. Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Zeke's Pizza, dine-in at all 17 locations, Soon to be 19 with two more on the way. Still limited capacity inside and all the necessary precautions to keep you safe. Easier than ever to have Zeke's at your door in no time. Download the Zeke's Pizza app and then... With a few clicks, bam, the Northwest Best selection of craft beer and Northwest style pizza is at your door. Homegrown in the Northwest, Zeke's Pizza. Daniels Broiler, more and more people are returning to our favorite steakhouse to celebrate special occasions. The South Lake Union location has joined Les Shy in offering forty dollar bottles of Vouv Clicot champagne regularly, one hundred and forty-five. Now forty bucks. To celebrate Daniel's 40th birthday, pick up delivery, safely dine in with Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. And the Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage, 425-250-3150. A five-to-seven-minute conversation with Jordan Flowers and his team at the Kirkland office could get you... 2.6% 2.6% standard rate reductions, 3% on cash-out refis. There's a reason this is the hottest time in the mortgage business. The world is restructuring their debt and saving a ton of money. Call the Kirkland office at Gill Mortgage, 425-250-3150, and you could do the same. Episode 114 begins right now. Unfiltered. It's kind of interesting. You can go anywhere to do school, can't you? If your kid's not going to school for the rest of the summer, why don't we all get a place in Scottsdale? We can't go to the Seahawks games, right? Yep. We can only watch the Seahawks games on TV. I think you can get the Seahawks games on TV in Scottsdale. All of us who feel like we're stranded here in the Pacific Northwest during the bad, the bad weather months, mm-hmm. because we've got kids in school and we can't go somewhere nice, well, why don't we just go? Unfiltered. Do you realize how many, how many people in this world love golf but are terrible golfers and can't wait? for the next time that they can go out and just be awful awful. god-awful. It gets into your bloodstream. No matter how bad you are, you're always feeling like, hmm, I think I found some. Mitch is unfiltered. Okay, episode 114 is finally officially underway. We only did like a 45-minute T-section, but... Here it is. <laughs> That's it? Only 45 this time? I don't think it was 45. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you haven't heard last week's episode 113, you have not heard Hotshot Scott's Creation. Oh. The trailer for the new <laughs> make-believe documentary Wildcard 2, the Mitch Levy the Mitch Levy documentary. Correct, yes. You did a full trailer. How long is the trailer? I'm going to try to sell it now to the people who haven't heard episode 113 to get them to go back and listen to 113 kind of like your friend who didn't have to listen to 113 because he's got a buddy <laughs> whose daughter plays on the basketball team and
1: he needed to ask for the password. I think he listened. Yeah. I think he listened. No, okay. it's um, it's about two minutes long. I think the piece and of music stars, is two minutes. List the names of the people that are featured in the trailer for the documentary. Rick Neuheisel checks in on his thoughts about Mitch. Yeah. Uh, Peter King checks in. Yeah. Brady Henderson. Yeah. And then the other guy, Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker. Checks in. It's a kind of a... That's kind of a random one. We had a lot of guests over the last two years. You went Ross Tucker. Yeah, for some reason I heard it and did like, yeah. and like it you know it when you hear that Whatever he's saying is going to work and I could write around It's like porn.
0: You know it when you see it.
1: That's exactly right. Yes, Ross Tucker and porn. All right. Uh, do you want to go
0: straight to the Seahawks? You want me to tell you the other stuff that's happening? We can do the other stuff in the other stuff segment. Yeah, we can do the other maybe, stuff.
1: Maybe get into the Seahawks, but really quick, I have to tell you, when yes. I was driving home yes. from my trip to Idaho, I go nine over, right? And if people aren't going nine over in the left lane, I'm agitated.
0: They shouldn't be in the left lane even if they are going nine over unless they're passing. Well,
1: I'm always passing. So I'm always in the left lane. <laughs> you're not lane. always passing. Yes, I am. If there's nobody to pass, you're not passing. You should not be well, in the yeah, left lane. There's always cars. Okay. I am going... It's 70. I'm going 68 because I'm stuck behind somebody in a se- who's going in the left. It okay.
0: happens, Hotshot. Okay. It might have been the couple that squeezed my my wife's leg in the door of the car. It could have you seen been. seen the pictures yet?
1: Well... Yeah, I saw the pictures. Okay, That's brutal. Okay, okay, but then I have to see this, and I can. See, they have a, a Jeep Wrangler, so I can. I could sort of see through the back. I see her spoon feeding him some food as they're going sixty-eight miles an hour. Piper was spoon feeding
0: somebody some what? food in the back. <laughs> the, the,
1: the, yeah, yes, herself. Does she sit in the front when you drive? No, long? Just, she's. I think she's. I think she can legally, but she doesn't. She doesn't. Nah. So he was driving, oh. and, and she was. How old would you say? I don't. They're just a couple. I don't know. There are. But Aww. I wanted to go. I was. That that made me even. Because, Couldn't you just go around them? No, because I was stuck. There's two. It's two lanes. There's two you, cars you were boxed that, in. Oh, she's feeding him. He's. You can tell oh. he's. He's got his head turned. He's loving it. Oh. And I'm just. I'm. You were the, frustrated. Oh my gosh. More
0: frustrated than Sunday night football, or less frustrated than Sunday night football.
1: It's a wash. It's pretty close. I have a lot of road rage. So, yeah, that was – oh, my gosh, that was bumming me out. Okay. Anything else you want to tell
0: me before we get into the – we've, we've avoided this Cardinals – you know, they played a game on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I know.
1: 37-34.
0: Yep. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Why don't you start? There's only a million and six things that you can say about a game that goes 37-34 and involves five quarters of play, right? I mean, I I don't think we can touch them all. I mean, here we are – what are we 45 minutes after the game ends yeah. 30 minutes after the game ends trying to digest it at least when you're on the radio shows you're allowed to digest it overnight we're doing it this is like first reaction first reaction for yeah. us and maybe that's good for the listeners maybe it's not good for the listeners here's what i would say to you okay there's a million reasons why the seahawks lost the game a million reasons you can you can pin it on you want to pin it on benson moyo going over the the guy's Back on the field goal, you can do that. You can do the interceptions. I mean, this. You, I mean, whatever. You you want to blame the officials? You want to blame a pass rush? You can. You can blame a million things. Russ, you can blame Russ. That's what I said. The interceptions. Um, but here's what. Here's my overall. You ask me. Ask me. You know, the game just ended. Do I have like an overwhelming, just something about the
1: Seahawks' loss? Ask me because I do. Okay. Well, yeah. Like, what's jumping out? There's one thing that jumps. Just for me.
0: Now, this is just for me. Okay. Okay. The Seahawks had the football. Now, you got to follow me on this. Don't look at your computer. Okay. Follow me on All this. Right. The Seahawks had the football. Fourth and one or two, up by three yep. in the fourth quarter, where they could have taken the three.
1: Yep. They were on the three-yard line. They were on, on the three-yard line. Yep.
0: They could have taken the three. Okay. And made it a six-point game, and made the Cardinals go down and score a touchdown, which they probably would have. But had they done that, then you only need three coming back the other way. There's yep. that too, right? But what did they do? What did they do? They stayed true to themselves the entire season, right? Mm-hmm. What did Shadi and Carroll do rather than take the three? They went for it on fourth. They and went two. for it. Yep. Why did they go for it? Well, they have Russell Wilson. To guys, start they, with. I
1: guess. Oh, thank you very wow. Well. Already-
0: because they have Russell Wilson, yeah. and they had decided at the beginning of this year, somewhere along the offseason, so they it. decided what we've all wanted them to do for three years. And by the way, as an aside, I can't help myself but thinking, God, if they would have only done this two or three years earlier, could they have played in other Super Bowls? But that's besides the point. <laughs> <Okay>? No. <laughs> they did what? They went for it. Then they threw... A pretty low percentage play in the back of the end zone to Tyler Lockett. It was a godsend. He yeah. was Fred effing a stare to get his feet. I don't know how he got. still don't know how he got his feet in, right? Yep. They went for it. What did they do? They said, we've got number three. We've turned over a new leaf this year. We are putting the ball in his hands, and we are going to, by golly, we are going to win or lose these football games with who?
1: With Russell Wilson.
0: We're not going to win or lose the game with somebody else. We're going to win or lose. We're going to go down. If we go down, we're going down by putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. Correct? We've heard the fans. And they threw the touchdown, right? Correct. And they had a 10-point lead, right? Felt good. And then they got the 10-point lead, and in the in the lead after the benson Mayoa disaster went down to three, right? Yep. And then they had the ball up three, right? Correct. And then they needed one effing more first down, right? Correct. The team that's turned over a new leaf— and are going to win or lose with who?
1: With Russell Wilson. Okay,
0: and they've got their backup running back in the game, Carlos Hyde, who did a nice job. No flies on crime, no problem with Carlos Hyde, right? Yep. And when they needed one more first down, one more, (laughs) the team that's turned over a new leaf and put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and have decided they aren't going to win or lose a game unless number three does it, what did they do when they had... Three downs to get one more first down and put the game on ice away. What did they do? Run, run, and run. Yeah. You ask me what jumps out to me. All these other things are important. At the end of the day, they just couldn't. Continue and do what they've done all year. We, you want me to go? You don't want me to go through the other games where they've gone forward on fourth down and done some things. I got to tell you, when they went forward on fourth and two or whatever with that pass, I was like, oh my god! I even tweeted, "Is that ballsy or is that just stupid?" Yeah. Even I, I tweeted that after I knew they scored a touchdown. It's easy to tweet it before the touchdown, even after the touchdown. I said, I'm not sure that that was a very smart play. Whatever. Okay, that's one of my questions for okay. you. I wasn't sure. Okay, you cannot. For three straight plays, <laughs> not let Russell Wilson try to make a play to win the game. You can not. I don't care. Somebody's going to say, Mitch, it was only third and two, third and three. Yeah, it was only third and two or third and three or third and four, whatever it was. But the, the defense was just gang. They were like, we're not going to let him run for the first down. Yeah. So they're not going to they, run away from you. You cannot – he could have run it. He could have dumped it off. He could have done a number of things. They didn't go down by putting the ball in his hands. When push came to shove, that was their opportunity to not let the Cardinals get the ball again, and they didn't do it. They ran it to Carlos Hyde on three plays. He got one the first down. He got seven the second down, and that was the – I want to tell you how I think. You want to know how I think? Yes. I'm sitting in that chair. See that chair right over there? Yes, I do. Second second row up there. Okay. And when he got seven, you yeah. know what was the first thing Mitch Levy said to himself? When he got seven, that yeah. he's going to get it again. I said, number one, I hope Max doesn't want to talk fantasy football. <laughs> right. <laughs> number two, I said to myself, this is how warped I am. Two, I said to myself, oh my God, getting seven there. I don't know that I like that they got seven there. I would have rather them get four there. I would have rather them get three I see, there. Yeah. I wanted third and five more than – because I was like, they, they don't have the they, – they're not going to do what I think they're going to do yep. right now because they're close enough now they're two yards away from the first down. They just blew a hole open
1: seven yards, and now they're like, we're going like, to do it again. Yeah.
0: I'm like, if they had only gotten three or four, <laughs> yeah. they would have gone – they would have let forced him throw to. the
1: ball. Yep, forced to give it not to us. Not force,
0: but they would have – so that's, yeah. my, that's my overwhelming feeling. Uh, you ask, now you asked me, I had to ask you to ask me, but you asked me and there it is. It's 45 minutes after the game.
1: This is my first blush. You're wondering how that same coaching staff can be there at the end. Yeah. Come on, man. If you're going for it, <sighs> if
0: we're going for it, we're going for
1: it. Right. What are we doing? Either we're or
0: Why we're are we not letting him win the game? Now, he didn't have the best game, and you might tell me, well, he might have thrown an interception. He might have thrown an incomplete pass. He might have gotten sacked. I don't know what would have happened. Here's what I do know. When they had a chance to put the game away, they didn't let him – they didn't even give him an opportunity to make a play. Right there, those three plays. That's what I think.
1: It's All not right. the first time we've questioned that. Remember, Chris Carson wasn't even in the game for that game-winning drive we were talking about. He wasn't even in the game. He what is that, Minneapolis? I think, it, yeah, oh, I think that's it was another the, thing.
0: You, I mean, you go down, that's on my list.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, this isn't the first time we've sort of scratched well, our head. that
0: goes along with a whole different set of conversations. Okay, well. And, I, and I'd like to talk about that. Okay. We can go there right now. You want to ask that question yeah, yeah. about him not being there. You know, there's a million other things about this game. If you want... If you say, okay, Mitch, you've told me how you feel right now, first blush opinion, are there any other things that you think you know, led to the loss? And I would say this, that for the game was played over how many minutes? 60, 75? How, how long is over 10, is minutes, 10 separate, minutes. Okay, yeah. so it's 70 minutes? Yeah. 70 total minutes, yeah. game minutes, right? Yep. So over, 70, over the first 60 minutes of 70 minutes, neither team could put any kind of a pass rush on the other team. Neither team could get home with their pass yeah. In fact, they sent out I, – I, I think there were zero sacks with a few minutes to go in regulation. Zero sacks. That's right, because he said first sack for Zero sack. That's right. Okay. But when push came to shove, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, I kid you not, the defensive coordinator of the Arizona Cardinals, he decided, you know what, I'm either going to lose – or I'm going to throw some shit against the wall and try to come up, do something crazy, send some blitzes from weird angles, drop some defensive linemen and coverage. I'm just going to try – I'm going to throw some shit. I'm not going to go down without some creativity. Did he not? He and did. what happened at the end of regulation and in overtime? What changed from one team and didn't change from the other team? Well, the pass rush. You're right. Dialing All stuff of up, a yeah. sudden – all of a sudden, right. the Cardinals, who couldn't get any pass rush, they're hitting them on every down and in, 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 in overtime. They're bringing Byron Murphy off the edge. They're yep. dropping a guy back in coverage that looks like he's coming. They're doing all kinds of exotic things. They're just throwing shit against the wall. They're trying anything. Creative, creative, too, not just blitzes. And at the end of 60 freaking minutes, the official stats say that the Arizona Cardinals had nine quarterback hits, for whatever that matters, yep. and they had two sacks. Over 60 minutes... I guess 70 minutes. I guess we should talk about 70 minutes. Over 70 minutes, two sacks and nine quarterback hits. Over 82 plays. The Seahawks ran 82 plays or something. That's not a lot. That's not, that's not going to win you any beauty. Sure. That's not going to win you all pro in your, in your pass rush. Right. The Seattle Seahawks, officially, I'm looking at the stats. Over 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Zero quarterback hits. Zero sacks. And tried nothing. Nothing exotic. Didn't throw stuff against the wall. Ken Norton is over there. Frickin' lost. Scott, he's lost. He should have been fired at the end of last season. And for all the good that Pete Carroll has done in this town, and for all the great things that he has done with this organization, he is so frickin' loyal he can't get out of his own way. He should have fired that guy and gotten a new defensive coordinator last year. He didn't do it. You know, he's kind of stuck with him this year. And now, look, I don't want to sound like a guy who's who's talking about a team that's one and five. They're not one and five. Right. They're okay. Yeah. I mean, they're better than okay. Yeah, they got a nice little record so but far. But they, yeah. they can't stop anybody. Yeah. They can't can't. stop anybody unless they come up with one of these crazy turnovers that they're able to come up with from time to time. It's weird. The statistics show that they'll come up with a a turnover or a stop when you're least expecting it. But over the course of of a game or or a season, can they win with this defense? They're they're terrible on defense. Now, I'll answer my own question for you. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jamal Adams is so good – and he's so much of a difference maker that they can be just a little bit better, come up with a few more stops, a few more sacks, a few more,
1: just enough
0: to be able to go along with that offense to win football
1: games. I don't know. I'm just how, bringing How it many up. games did we have him? Three? Was that the first three? Uh, first two? or th- Anyway. The, yeah. Okay. Matt Ryan was still throwing the ball down the field with Jamal Adams.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: The Patriots were still – Cam Newton was still throwing the ball down the field with Jamal. I don't know that he's the difference maker. I, we need – They're clearly better with him. Okay, okay. Fine. He's one of
0: the best defensive players in the NFL. They're better with him, And yes. they do get a pass rush with him.
1: I don't want him to be the best pass rusher on the I, team.
0: None of us do. But would he's you pa-
1: like him? He could be a pass rusher. That makes one. <laughs> yeah it sure does i i was thinking don't offensive linemen sometimes just fall down on the other team and you get a, a sack or or you you guess you know sometimes football's about guessing i'm just gonna swim this side and i'm gonna be right i
0: think you have to push them down is that right <laughs> god and if you don't push them if you yeah. can't even push them then yeah what good are you
1: I, I said on twitter that you watch the seahawk the front four it looks like an instructional dance class they snap the ball. They come together with their dance partner across from them, and they, and they stand... stick.
0: And it's almost like their their offensive. The other offensive linemen are wearing Velcro, yeah. and they come right up against right. them,
1: and then they can't they
0: can't get away. Although it's a dance. Class. They had two shots at him. They had one for a safety. Jaron Reed had him in his hands for a safety. I don't know why he doesn't get a quarterback hit for that. Yeah. And then early in the game, I came out Bobby Wagner, Wagner with yeah. one arm. He was trying to be blocked at one of the He had a shot at him, and then he ran away and got ten or twelve yards. And by the way, on the on the drive where they had the safety from Jaron Reed. They ended up going 93 yards for a – and then they got a, a penalty on uh, – a, a stupid penalty on Dunbar on, – Dun- on, on Quentin Dunbar, I think yeah. it was. Uh, Where he got there a little early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that was the one. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I just, it looks like they're just dancing with the offensive linemen. They stand straight up. No one's bull rushing. I, it's every time. What's it going to take to get someone who can come here and bull rush and get a stupid sack? What's it going to take? I'm telling you what it's going
0: to take. It's going to take a system and a scheme – To come up with some creativity. They've got guys. Yeah. Okay. You can't tell me they don't have guys. They've got guys. Benson Mayo was. They've got guys. KJ Wright's a good player. Bobby Wagner's a good player. Uh, Benson Mayo had eight sacks last year. Uh, Jaron Reed's a good player. Uh, Jamal Adams is a good player. They've got guys. They've They've got enough guys. I keep saying the same thing. I sound like a broken record for years. This is why I'm on Ken Norton. Okay. Do they have the best 11 defensive players in the NFL? No. Okay. Do they have enough good guys on defense to be the 24th best defense out of 32 teams? Yeah, that's all you want. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's low. all we need. Low bar. What do they say? All we need is one pin, Rodney. <laughs> right. That's
1: okay. right.
0: Tyler Lockett, 15, catches 200 yards. Not a great game for Russell Wilson. One team got pass rush late. Benson Mayo was 15. yard. Whatever. What, what else is
1: on your Is list? the Geno Smith era about to start after three interceptions for Rush Should we start calling for Geno no, Smith? No, but he can call the toss like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, we, well, the backup quarterback is traditionally has been great at that for the Seahawks. Yeah, great great toss caller. Give the guy an extension. You realize it's officially 49er week. The rivalry. It is. The biggest it is. rivalry. And I, wa-
0: and I watched a lot of that game. watched a lot of football today when I wasn't being asked about fantasy. And the dad yeah. that I sat by is a big yeah. 49er
1: fan, by the way. It's just the dad that doesn't listen to the show that's and wants you to help him out. That's exactly right. Now, the 49ers look good. I just saw the score. I was driving all day. Yeah,
0: I'm What's not What's going to happen? I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether the Patriots are just god-awful right now okay. or the 49ers are getting better. But remember, the 49ers are two weeks removed from having a Dolphins team go to their place and hang a 30-point victory on them. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's two weeks ago. Yeah. All right? Okay. They are who we thought they are. <laughs> right. And we let them up, though. We sure did. So – Are are they gaining some momentum? Yeah. Is Garoppolo getting healthy? Yeah. Are they better now than they were two weeks ago? Yeah. I still look at them defensively, and 3 arguably their three best defensive players are Boza, are named Boza, Sherman, and Ford. And they're all out, and they're all not going to play. One's not going to play the whole year, and the other two, they're thinking week 11. So – I would think that here, this game's got their attention. The Seahawks' offense is still the Seahawks' offense. I would think that the Seahawks' offense will be able to do whatever it wants Uh. pretty much against the 49ers' defense. Now, I'm not – can Ken Norton come up – can they stop Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle? He's back. Um, They haven't stopped any quarterback. Wide receivers, I mean, they don't have great wide receivers – Whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't promise you they're going to stop anybody, but I would, I would suggest to you, first blush opinion, the Seahawks will be okay offensively against that 49ers defense. Do, That's what I'll tell you.
1: Do you think the 49ers are better than the Cardinals? No. Oh, really? I, I don't, let me go back and say,
0: I don't think that the two teams as of today, what yep. they have right now, what's yep. available to them right now. Uh, oh, because Chandler Jones is out. Um, it's at least close, it well, sounds like. Well, let's put it this way. The Cardinals played the 49ers on opening day with Sherman, with Ford, and with Boza, and the Cardinals went to San Francisco and beat them oh. on opening day. Okay. So, that, that, I mean, that's only one game. Yeah, so, yeah. do I think right now, if the two teams are playing in the Super Bowl on a neutral field tomorrow, who would I pick? Yeah. I'd pick Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Okay. Not, not by much. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't put my, I wouldn't go to the Circa and put my, and put my life on it, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but I would pick the Cardinals, I think, over the 49ers at this stage.
1: All right. So me, to me, the Cardinals just didn't look like a really good team, even they're though not, they have a good record. They yeah. got no defense. It feels like the Seahawks just played down to people. They played down. But
0: Kyler Murray's really good. Their offensive line is kind of good. And, and DeAndre Hopkins yeah. is just unguar- almost unguardable. Well, I mean, especially when Trey Flowers is on him. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was Quentin Dunbar for the touchdown. He puts that, you know, he subtly puts that stiff arm. I, I, they got to decide what they're doing with that. Yeah. He he you know, that that touchdown and I, I digress here, but that touchdown that Hopkins scored early in the game on the bomb. Oh yeah, Dunbar was in fine position. He was he was right with him. Now he didn't turn around, he wasn't able to turn yeah. around and see the ball. But you'll notice that just as at the moment of truth, Hopkins puts his arm out. He doesn't shove him, but he puts his arm out kind of in a hyperextended way just to create that much space. Between him and the defender. An arm's length. An arm's length. Yeah. And that's all he needed. That, and the ball was so well thrown. It was yeah. right there. It was a touchdown. I don't know. Is that pass interference? Probably not. You let more than that go. But still, it's, it's, it, he does not catch that ball. He does not catch that ball if he doesn't put that arm out
1: and get himself that extra space at yeah. the last minute. So, Speaking of think. the refs, the Bobby Wagner hit, did you think that should have been 15 yards? I mean, it just looked like football to me. What's, what's Wagner supposed to He doesn't know if he has the ball. What's he supposed to if do? If he didn't know he has the ball, has, oh, no, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't yeah. call it. Okay. What about Buddha Baker giving himself a concussion almost by helmet to helmet? It was definitely – right.
0: de- we haven't talked about D.K. Metcalf. Right, by the we way. We haven't talked about D.K. Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should make a comment about D.K. Metcalf. We probably should, yes. What I said and I'll say now, D.K. Metcalf has a chance to become the – one of, if not the best receivers in the NFL. He has a chance to become the best wide receiver in the NFL okay. with his size and strength. And he could play 15 years in the league and go to the Hall of Fame. He has a chance. I don't know if he will, but Physically, he has a Physically, he's got the tools. Yeah. Everything about him reeks stardom. Yep. He, looks, he looks the part of a superstar. And who knows, if he, he might be in the Hall of Fame someday. Here's what I definitely know. He will never make a better play. <laughs> He can play 15 more years. (laughs) Really? He can go to the Hall of Fame. He will never make a more courageous, better, more admirable play than that play. And that play is going to be on every highlight film for the rest of the year. That play might be my favorite play since I moved to Seattle. Of all the plays. Oh, that's something. Of all the plays. Of Super Bowl really? plays and tips in the NFC a Championship beast, game, beastquakes, beastquakes. This this might wow. be this might be my favorite play of any play, especially when you consider that the the Cardinals don't score; yeah. they get zero points out of that.
1: Imagine that giving that effort and then they score anyway. You just would have said, "Why did I even do that?" Now I hate to say this. What I don't know that that's even the best defensive play by a receiver in the history of the Seahawks.
0: Well, you got the Steve Large and right. knocked the ball. This was just pure pure heart 100 percent want yep. and heart it was great and you just have to love it and i just i would just encourage all of you to i've now watched it like 500 times. i made piper watch it okay well go back and watch it one more time because you may not have noticed one thing okay that as he was about a quarter of the way into his stride some cardinals guy came over and had a chance yeah. to block him he whiffed <laughs> whiffed whiffed I I, I, that's not what i would call a whiff i would call that a I'm not going in front of a train. Oh, I am not see. throwing myself. He totally... <laughs>
1: he bailed? Oh,
0: he totally bailed. See, I, I and saw something by the minutes. way, if you notice, DK Metcalf at that very moment when the guy kind of came from the side and had a chance yeah. to really knock him down, he kind of went off... Str- he I don't want to say slowed down, but he he was he
1: bracing himself for impact, maybe. No, he, he
0: just you could see that he just he twitched a little bit, okay. and he still was able to catch Buddha Baker. Gosh, in the long, it was unbelievable. Buddha's unbelievable slow. Play. I, I saw Buddha play,
1: play tailback at Bellevue for three. or whatever. No, no, he's not slow. He ate some slow.
0: DK Metcalf, I can't believe that what that, I saw. Play, that play. I know, with all due respect to Steve Largent, I know the Steve Largent play oh, resonates with so everybody imp- of your age. This was improbable. But the, this this was yeah. This was unbelievable, and the
1: fact that they get get zero—that's the cherry. Yeah, if if they go the best play
0: ever. Yeah, it's too bad they didn't win the game. Right, that kind of effort. It's too because if they had won the game, you would have been able to say that he that play won them the game. Because if it was close and they scored no points and the Seahawks won, you could have literally sat here and said that play unbelievable, and it will be talked about forever. Yeah, it will be talked about. And again, I'll say it again. Yeah. He could be he could become one of the great wide receivers. He'll never make a play better than that <laughs> yeah, one. He's done. Incredible. He should quit now. That's the best play he's ever going to make. I will say one more thing before we go to the three the three interviews. Um, Taco Time, Taco Time Northwest, Tuesday Buy one get one free. I think they had one rushing touchdown. The Carlos Hyde going around the left side yeah, to be nice run. Got Al Michaels was lost on that
1: play. Was, he he caught him on a few plays. He called him out of bounds. Yeah, he was lost on a few plays. I think. And I love Al Michaels. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I feel like he might be losing this fast ball of Well, confused. maybe he needs
0: the crowd. Maybe he <laughs> yeah, needs. Yeah, maybe maybe needs people it. in the stands. That was a nice run by that Carlos. Was a Hyde. hell, of a, hell of a hell of a run.
1: I actually. Think it was so
0: good that I would have just given him the ball three times when they needed one <laughs>
1: first down. I think he's a he's a load to tackle. I'd I, I like him to stay on his feet. He, he has a tendency to lean forward, okay. and he falls forward a he's lot. He's okay. I, I think he's a pretty good he's running an okay, back. He's
0: an okay back. He's he, not Chris Carson. Uh, they, they, they missed Chris Carson. For sure.
1: But we're, Seahawks fans, get used to missing him. Just get used to it. He does run physically. He runs, he runs like Marshawn
0: Lynch. It's, you want a guy like Marshawn Lynch? That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. He's going to get hurt. And he, look, you were complaining about it. You don't have to worry. Next year, he's not going to be on the, on the Seahawks.
1: There's no way they pay him.
0: I don't know. No way. I'm just, if you ask me to bet, yeah. I, don't, I think they would have done it already. Okay. I think they would have given him his – unless they didn't do it because of his injury. They wanted to see him come back. I just think that they've decided to use their money elsewhere. They're going to be so bad defense. They're going to set records – how bad they are defensively. It's going to be really hard at the end of this year where they actually set records for ineptitude on defense, which they're on their way to doing, by the way. don't they, that's. Not, I'm not trying to be funny. No, I know. What, okay. Yeah, right. This isn't a ha-ha, okay? <laughs> I it's haven't ha once. Thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm not ahead. trying to be funny. Gotcha. I'm not being sarcastic. This isn't hyperbole. This is true. They are on their way to setting all-time NFL bad records, Ken Norton. Yeah. There's just going to be no way that John Schneider is going to sit in his office and go, let's play the running back at the end of the year. Right. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah, they have to go defense. Can't do it. Yeah,
1: you can't do it. Can't yeah. do it.
0: All right. Oh, so Carlos Hyde around the corner, yep. gets into the end zone, buy one, get one free on Tuesday, all Taco Time Northwest locations. I love Taco Time. I go every Tuesday, regardless of whether they play or not, regardless of whether they get free tacos or not. I love Taco Time Northwest. And on Tuesday, I would suggest to you, Whatever, Piper, go get your buy one, get one free taco, and we can all cry on each other's shoulders that they're 5-1 and one instead of 6-0. and zero. Yeah. Okay? Now, are you eating four every time? Well, now it's not four. No, You only get buy one, get one free. Right, but you're welcome
1: to buy. I, I don't know if, if now four is your new move, because you once ate four. I
0: ate four because they scored two rushing but touchdowns. I understand. You don't have to— I mean, you're welcome to eat two instead of four. Yeah, I'm I don't just... have the option of eating four this week, because it's only buy one— <laughs> get one free but, the third and the fourth i have to pay for
1: okay both of them fine yeah you're welcome to pay for the third and the fourth right but is that your move now no no re- no
0: absolutely not okay it's no i i go i go a taco or two and then a i don't even know i think it's a soft burrito yeah, it's, it's a,
1: special yeah. order with a little bit of yeah. a little
0: dollop of uh yeah a little bit of uh, a <laughs> little lemon
1: twist that's right <laughs> a little bit you of, like uh, it it's nice <laughs> <laughs> yes it's nice, it's nice. <laughs> cousin lair uh, no, uh, about uh, uh, yeah. yes Whatever, Pinchot? Bronson Pinchot. Where the hell is he these days? That's a great question. Is he alive? You would know if he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) He hasn't come across my radar yet, so I'll let you know when he dies. All right, three
0: interviews and then other stuff.
1: Evergreen CEO
0: Tyler Hay is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Great partner. Hey, Tyler, how's everything at our favorite Premier Wealth Manager? And kudos to you on your Lakers pick on Mitch Unfiltered and your Seahawks choice so far. So far. Long way to go in the NFL.
4: Uh, Mitch, it's going fine. 2020 has been a year of of one day at a time for us and probably for your listeners. So uh, we're doing great. And as far as the picks go, it's nice to get a little redemption because when I made them, I didn't feel like I got a lot of love from you. It was Homer this and, oh, LeBron that. And... We'll see. That defense, though, that defense of the Seahawks needs to get a little healthier, a little bit better if I'm going to go two for two.
0: When you think of a financial advisory firm, Tyler, stocks and bonds advice and investments immediately come to everybody's mind. But Evergreen does for clients, it goes way beyond that, right? Talk to us about that.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think when people think about wealth management or a financial advisor, they think about stocks and bonds and those types of things. But really, That's kind of in the ninth inning. You know, people have a lot of life events that lead up to the point where they have wealth that needs to be managed. So whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're selling a business, whether they're considering selling a business, whether they're inheriting money, there's a whole bunch of life events that go on prior to actually managing the money. And we help people navigate those challenges far before they're actually, the money's in their hands. Tax accounting and
0: prep is now a layer also of Evergreen Golf Call, correct?
4: Correct, Mitch. On July 1st, we closed on Sterling Cooter. So we now have a tax advisory component to our firm. So clients don't have to play quarterback in between their financial advisor and their CPA and making sure all the documents go back and forth. We just handle it for them. So for
0: Mitch Unfiltered
4: listeners to find out more about Evergreen Golf Call, they've heard about you for years
0: now on our our podcast. Start with the website. Start with the newsletter.
4: Yeah, they can go to the website and read the newsletter. That gives them a little bit of uh, insight into how we think. And then there's also a client uh, compatibility survey that, that kind of helps us identify who might be a good fit for us.
0: Evergreen Golf Call and Tyler Hay and the whole crew with offices along the West Coast. It's terrific to have them be a partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered.
5: With six different receivers and this time he what?
6: Chase him down. And he does to save a touchdown. Here's the back. Wilson. Sliding left.
2: Throwing. And that will be caught for a touchdown. Oh, boy, by Lockett. Flare him out to the right.
7: Pass goes to the one-yard line. And then it's Christian Kirk trying to get in. And he does for the touchdown. Save it just in case. Can he make this one?
0: Okay Brady Henderson ESPN Seahawks insider presented by Taco Time Northwest and the app which allows you to order ahead long night they always are when they involve the Seattle Seahawks Uh, Brady they've gone to the wire with most of these early season opponents they were due to be on the losing end of one of these things weren't they?
8: They were. And shame on me, Mitch. Uh, full disclosure here. I was writing in my running game file that this was going to be a rare stress-free win for the Seahawks just because we rarely see them win games by double digits. That was when they had a 10-point fourth quarter lead. So maybe the sports writer curse there. Maybe you can put this one on, oh my uh, on me. But yeah, they were... Um, I mean, look. We knew that this was bound to happen. As brilliant as Russell Wilson is in those late moments, those you know late in games, uh, they had just been living on the edge too often this season with a defense that is getting gashed. And as as good as Wilson's been, they just cannot expect him to play as nearly flawless as he has. And you know, they exceeded their margin for error with his three interceptions. With the way that that defense continued to get worked, like it did Sunday night. So back on the old radio show
0: on Monday mornings after they lost a game like this, we would cut up the blame pie and assign blame. You've got 100%. percent you got a big pizza pie. I want to hear Brady Henderson. Where does the blame fall? What percentage goes to where?
8: Yeah, I'm going to give the big, that biggest slice to the defense, you know, that New York-style pizza slice that you get on the street <laughs> corner in Manhattan. Yep. That one goes to the defense. This was a very – characteristic game for them we talked about it being uncharacteristic for wilson it's characteristic for this Seahawks defense giving up 519 yards and as bad as they've been as leaky as they've been this season in terms of giving up points and yards the one thing they've done well is take the ball away 10 takeaways coming into this game two more in this game which were pretty big plays but still not enough when you talk about giving up 519 yards and then 37 points, so the defense gets the biggest piece. Russell Wilson's three picks, those get a piece uh, themselves just because those were costly, and they came back from him. Certainly they were still in position after those first two, and the the second one that he threw, excuse me, the first one that he threw that uh, flat pass to. Chris Carson in the flats that floater that was picked off by Buda Baker that actually ended up not really hurting them all that bad because DK Metcalf of course chased down Buda Baker saved the touchdown Seahawks defense held there and I believe Seattle scored on its ensuing possession so that one wasn't as costly but yeah. certainly the other two were that final one just uh I'm not really sure what happened on that one Wilson said that he thought he could fit uh, the ball into a into a window thought he had a window to lock it uh, as he was trying to get the ball out of his hands as a blitz was oncoming but it didn't look like Lockett was on the same page with him so Wilson gets a piece of that now certainly he kept the team in that game with some otherwise brilliant moments but the three interceptions uh, that's okay. going to earn him that's going to earn him a slice and then you know I thought the play calling well let, let, let me back up special teams is going to get a slice too as good as that unit has been this season that Benson Mayo a penalty on the uh, in the fourth quarter legit, that was legit and as far as I understand the rule yes that was legit you cannot do what he did in the NFL I believe has changed that rule in recent seasons I think because they want to protect the blockers there and not have guys you know, jumping over them and using them as leverage to jump over the line. Apparently that's a a health you know, safety measure. So by the letter of the law, that was a legit penalty. And it was a very costly one because it took Arizona, made the field goal, took those points off the board and ended up driving for a touchdown to pull the game, to pull them to within three points, I believe. And so as good as Seattle special teams have been, that was a very, very costly play. And then any pizza left for the play calling at the end
0: of regulation.
8: Oh, yeah, there's a healthy slice left for the play calling at the end of regulation. You and I can do this. Anybody who has a podcast or a radio show can do this, can second-guess the play calling. I, I tend to, to not do that, but I think it's warranted in this situation because at the end, their final possession of regulation, they went with three straight Carlos Hyde runs it seemed to me like the idea there was to play the clock more so than anything, right? To leave Arizona with as little time as possible if they were to get the ball back. My issue with that line of thinking is you've seen the Seahawks defense get gashed Sunday night the the way it has all season. You've got to figure that Arizona, no matter how Arizona gets the ball back, they're going to score there. So the priority in my mind should have been trying to maximize the chances of getting that first down as opposed to maximizing the amount of time that you run off the clock there. And they instead went with three straight Carlos side runs and look, Carlos side is a good running back, but the fact that you have a backup running back in there, I think that that furthers the point that I'm making is that you should put the game in Wilson's hands well, there and well, not your backup running. Well, back.
0: let me add something that we talked about in our last segment, Brady, Brady, Brady Henderson, ESPN.com Seahawks insider taco time, Northwest, order ahead on their app. Let me, let, me, let me piggyback what you just said and add this. It flies in the face of everything they've done up to this point this year. In fact, you know, they went for it on fourth down, uh, up three. Instead of kicking the field goal, they went for it. They gave the ball to number three to make a play, and they tried a low percentage play in the back of the end zone, which Tyler Lockett caught and kept his toes inbound somehow, some way. They've done all year the opposite. They have lived and died, and in this case, lived, 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 lived 5-0 and oh, by putting the ball in number three's hands, and then finally, for whatever reason, they didn't want to do that in any one of those three plays. Any one of those three plays. They could have given him the ball and had him try to get a first down for you.
8: Yeah, it made it even more curious. Yeah, they have been more aggressive in terms of going for it on fourth down situations, and not talking about this, the the you know necessary situations where you have to do that. But really, when it's at you know the discretion of the offense, and they didn't do it there, even on third down, you know they, they could have put the ball in Wilson's hands there, and look it's not only that you have an mvp caliber quarterback in wilson you've also got two receivers who are producing like number one guys now i wonder if part of the thinking there was the fact that patrick peterson uh had kind of taken dk metcalf out of the game the way he did last season in week 16 when the cardinals beat the seahawks in seattle that said you still had tyler lockett producing, the, you know, the, having the most productive game uh, of any Seahawks wide receiver in history, tying Steve Largent's franchise record with 15 catches and uh, becoming the, only the second player other than Largent in franchise history to reach 200 receiving yards in a game. So it's a very curious decision, Mitch. Let's go to injuries.
0: Just when we're thinking that Jamal Adams should be ready to come back, did the Seahawks lose another star member of that secondary in, in Shaq?
8: We'll have to wait and see. He's going to be in the concussion protocol for the rest of this week, and there's just no telling early in the week how a guy is is going to recover from that. But it obviously was serious enough for him to miss the remainder of that game. How about Chris Carson? Disappeared with a foot injury.
0: Everybody has wondered for as as great as he's been as a Seahawk. It's, It's just the nature of the way he plays to be injured. He's trying to get a new contract. What's the prognosis or the diagnosis on him?
8: Yeah, Pete Carroll called it a mid-foot sprain and said that they won't really know more on that until they get an MRI on that. And so when you think of something like that, when you think of a guy having to get an MRI, it starts to look a little dicey. But I'm not going to count Carson out after seeing him come back earlier this season from that MCL sprain in the Dallas game to not only play the next week, but to start and to have a really good game. So we'll see. But, you know, Carson has a history of coming back pretty soon from injuries. Going
0: back to your point about the defense. The Arizona Cardinals snapped the ball, I believe, 81 times, either 81 or 82 times over, what, 70 minutes of a football game. And according to the official stats by the NFL, the Seahawks, in 82 plays, had zero quarterback hits and zero sacks. That's, that's hard to do, Brady, even if you were trying to do that. That's hard <laughs> to do. Uh, that, that's just total inept ability to get to the opposing team's quarterback.
8: Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure what constitutes a hit because it must be different than just touching the quarterback. Yeah, because they did a couple times, right. They had a chance for a
0: safety, and they had a chance early in the game. Bobby Wagner had him in his grasp, but he gets away. I guess a quarterback hit would be hitting him as he throws as opposed to him squirming away and running for a first down or something like that.
8: Right, but the point remains that he dropped back a ton of times and they did not get to him nearly enough times. And even if they did hit him a couple times, technically, they did not give themselves enough chances to bring him down. And, yeah, and he's going to do that. Kyler Murray is going to do that to some teams. He had not been sacked very many times heading into this game just because of the simple fact that he's very hard to bring down. He's very slippery. But... That said, when he drops back as often as he did, the Seahawks have to bring him down. Now, there is one qualifier there. I I saw Shaquem Griffin on a number of plays. It really looked like he started to rush Murray, and then he kind of dropped back and really hung back as if he was spying on Murray. So it seemed like at times the priority wasn't to pressure Murray. It was more so to keep him contained and keep him in the pocket. But even then, they didn't do a great job of that. So... 81 81 dropbacks, whatever the number was, you've got to bring him down and and get to him more often than they did. So that brings us to the
0: defensive coordinator, Ken Norton, who will be discussed as long as he's here. Uh, I went on record uh, after the season was over a year ago saying that the, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll needed to make a change, needed to bring in a new defensive coordinator. Obviously, the pipe dream about Dan Quinn since he's been released by the Falcons. But let's put Dan Quinn aside. Do you see the Seahawks? I mean, they are on a pace to break records. This is historically bad. Yards per game, maybe points per game. I mean, these are numbers that are going down in the history books as inept defense. Will the Seahawks just stay with Norton the entire year no matter what? Or could you see them shuffling or doing something different to try to jolt this defense? both
8: i could see them doing something different while still sticking with ken norton jr and the important thing to know here and i don't know if now a lot of people realize this but pete carroll is known for being incredibly loyal to his assistant coaches and that was one thing i heard last week while checking on the possibility of could he bring back Dan Quinn in some capacity this season? That was the, that was something I heard from from a league source was that it was a reminder that Pete Carroll is very loyal to his assistants. That's not something that he would do, at least not in the way that we all think. Now, could he bring back Dan Quinn in some unofficial capacity, maybe as a consultant from afar? As I think we mentioned that possibility last time we spoke. I could see that. I could also see maybe Carroll taking on more of the – you know, more of the in game management of that defense than what he already does, which as far as I know is quite a bit. I could maybe see him, you know, taking over more of the play calling duties from Norton. Whatever it is, I don't think it's something that's gonna be announced or broadcast, just because again, in Carroll's mind, that would be undermining Norton and Norton is one of his favorite player. He's said this before that Norton is one of his favorite people that he's ever worked with or met in the NFL. So I cannot imagine that he's gonna A fire him or even give him any sort of demotion like that where in terms of taking away play calling duties and announcing that.
0: And for as bad as the defense was on Sunday night in the aftermath, Russell Wilson, Brady, very, very tough on himself.
8: Maybe the toughest you've ever seen him after the game.
0: He took responsibility for that
9: loss.
8: He did. Yeah. You really do not see, do not hear Russell Wilson talk uh, like he did and look like he did post game Sunday night. And, He said the things that you would expect him to say, talked about remaining confident, and he said things that, you know, made you made it sound like he was being upbeat, but some of the body language, even some of the wording, and I'll read you some of it. I thought we played a great game except for those three plays, honestly, meaning his three interceptions. Those are my fault. Went on to say nothing really changes except for the fact that we just have to tighten some things up i have to be better which i'm looking forward to it was a lot of that it was a lot of putting it on himself some of those interceptions i, I don't know if all three of those were entirely on him You said one of them was a miscommunication with dk metcalf that was the second one where metcalf broke his right off in the end zone wilson thought he was going to keep, keep going, going and yep. keep scrambling yeah but yep. that's what a quarterback does A quarterback puts it on himself but even then The body language, if you watch the post-game press conference, it just looked like Wilson being more dejected and more down than he is even after other tough losses that they've had.
0: DK's play to run down Buda Baker. Where does that stat? Is it too early? Uh, I would imagine that when you're uh, visiting them, I don't know how you guys do it anymore, but already they're talking about that large in play. You may be too young to remember that large in play against the Broncos where after an interception, he knocked the ball, he knocked the defensive player down and knocked the ball, caused a fumble and got the ball back. You know, where does that DK Metcalf play rank in your memory? You're, you're not going to forget that one for a while, are you?
8: Well, first of all, I'm slightly offended that you did not think I would remember Steve Largent (laughs) hitting Harden. Was it Mike Harden? Yeah, I think it was Mike Harden, yeah. Harden, Harden was his last name. I I remember that. I don't know if I was even alive for that, but I've at least seen the replay of that. Yes. Yeah, this DK Metcalf play was reminiscent of that and some of the plays Earl Thomas made at the goal line. I think it stands out just because of the distance that he had to run and the ground he had to make up and how fast he had to run. It was one of the per NFL next gen stats. I wish I had the number right in front of me, but it was one of the fastest that any player has run on a play this season. I think it was maybe the fourth fastest that they've clocked any player this season. So just an incredible play by a guy. And I'm telling you, knowing how fast DK Metcalf is, I saw him, he was probably about 10 yards behind Buda Baker. And I thought, my goodness, is he going to catch him? Is he really going to do this? So Carroll called it one of the best plays he's ever seen. Wilson said it was one of the most remarkable plays he's ever seen. And, you know, if this was a Seahawks win, he'd be talking a lot more about that than we are. But even then, this is a play that you're going to see replayed for a very long time. So this is the beginning of a
0: five-game stretch. They're now 0-1 in those five games. Cardinals, 49ers who have gotten better the last couple of weeks. Rams, Bills, Bills. And then the Cardinals again, something like that, five games. Not going to be easy for the Seahawks. We've been talking about that.
8: Yeah, and two of them are on the road. And I believe the combined record of those four teams over the next four games is 18-9. and 18-9. Okay, so that gives you an idea of, of what they're up against. And I think we said it before, last time we talked, you would take 3-2 and two over those next five games knowing that, A... You like their chances to really make up some ground in the next five games, which at least right now on paper, those look to be a lot easier than these current five games stretch than they're on. And the other side of that too is yes, the Seahawks were five and zero, but are they really a five and zero team? They look to me like more like a three and two team just with the way that they have been living on the edge. And we saw them fall over that edge for the first mm. time Sunday night. Brady
0: Henderson, ESPN.com Seahawks insider. Heard a lot here. You follow him on Twitter. See him on ESPN and ESPN.com and hear him on Mitch Unfiltered. We'll hear him next on the Seahawks No Table with Joe Fan and myself. That'll be released on Friday as we preview the renewal of a rivalry between the Seahawks and the 49ers on Sunday. Thank you, Brady. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Take care. Okay, Brady Henderson, ESPN.com, Seahawks insider. Finally, game one against the NFC West is in the books. Next up, the Niners here, and then the Buffalo Bills on the road. It's always great on the Zeke's Pizza hotline to hear from Zeke's Pizza president, Dan Black. Dan, in the last couple of weeks since we visited last, what's up with Zeke's?
3: Uh, Things are going well. Last time we talked, I mentioned to you that more people were out and about coming into our dining rooms, or patios. That trend has continued, so it's been fun. It's nice to see more people dining out, more people out downtown active. Like I say, the dining rooms and patios have been busier uh, than they've been in a long time, and and that's been fun.
0: I'm hearing rumblings about some new locations, maybe numbers 18 and 19 of Zeke's Pizza. Is that right, Dan?
3: You heard right. We got a restaurant being built in Kenmore, which we're really excited about. We just signed a deal for Mill Creek, which we're really excited about. Uh, There's a couple others in process that if they come through, will be up to 21 total. And uh, what happened is people saw how well we did during COVID, our profile and our brand. The awareness of it was raised quite a bit Uh, with the franchising community. They saw especially what we were doing on beer delivery. And so, for the past six or eight weeks or so, we've we've had more people inquiring about franchises than we ever have and so it's it's pretty exciting to have this much momentum uh it's good, good any time but particularly in the time of covid when you know a lot in our industry are basically on life support so what
0: you mean to say is all these people have been hearing you guys on Mitch unfiltered and hear Mitch talking about it and tweeting about it and that's why the new locations are are are
3: rising right exactly we actually do get you know your 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 audience is definitely Uh... super passionate and and we love that and we actually do get people talking about franchises and inquiring about it and we my guess is someday that'll actually happen that's awesome
0: that's awesome uh what's the dan black family been eating these days in terms of zeke's pizza what are your favorites
3: yeah you know last time you asked i mentioned our seasonal pies the heirloom tomato stuff which was really good we actually the black family od'd on those enough we've gone back to ordering some stuff off for of the regular menu and so we've been doing wood butcher cherry bomb two of the classics those are really good my wife molly really likes the taiwan on she orders off the wine menu. I order off the beer menu. Zeke and Destroy and Hop Tropic are my favorite. She's been drinking the uh, Lacole Rosé since it's been sunny out. And so, yeah, we've kind of gone back to a few of the classics lately.
0: All right, download the Zeke's Pizza app like the Blacks do, like the Levi's do, like everybody else does. It's a great time of the year football season to order in from Zeke's Pizza. Zeke's Pizza is a great partner. They've been a great sponsor going back to the radio days and they are homegrown in the Northwest.
3: Unfiltered.
6: Take the screen, throw to the end zone. Allen and the Clemson touchdown. And I'll tell you, there's a team lying in the weeds, Mitch. Oklahoma State. I'm going to lay the three and a half and take the Cowboys, the Pokes, and treat everybody to Eskimo Joes after the victory. Second and 18. Thirty.
1: Breaks contained.
0: Okay, Heisel Time on episode 114 presented by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app reminding you to order ahead on the app and your meal will be awaiting you upon your arrival. How's Rick Neuheisel doing?
6: I am fantastic, Mitch. Hopefully you had a great college football weekend as well.
0: Much better. I don't know what it is. I'm not a huge Big Ten fan, but there was something about the inclusion of the Big Ten. There was something about... Ohio State running up the score against Nebraska <laughs> and then the coach saying now I don't know about your business this is why we have you this is why we pay you the big bucks New heights well I don't know about this he said he didn't have the right personnel in the game at the end to take a knee I didn't know this is this is news after all these years of watching football I never realized that you coaches need to have a certain type of personnel to take a knee explain this to me please
6: the play is called (laughs) victory and for all of us in the coaching industry it is our favorite play to call Uh predominantly you do do it with uh bigger personnel a couple of tight ends and a couple of backs what we call 22 personnel i see and uh, then you put a wide receiver way back behind you in the event that uh, Joe Pisarsic bobbles <laughs> yes. the ball Yes, and, and, and the miracle in the Meadowlands yes. doesn't happen on your watch.
0: And who was he but, handi- Who was Joe Pisarczyk handing the ball off to on that day when Herman Edwards, do you remember who he was handing the ball off to? Tell it, it, it,
6: Rodney Hampton, who was it? Come on. Who come was on, Larry Zonka. Oh, was Zonka. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm I'm one of those guys who refuses to believe that Zonka played for anybody other than the Dolphins. I just don't think uh, it's right.
0: It's true. It's a true story. But it go, is a but true go, story. But come on. But yeah. victory, victory yes.
6: is, a, uh, is I, I I know that there is a personnel for victory, but don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't Ryan's it. a young head coach. This is year two. I know he had a couple of games where he was the interim while Urban was away doing his uh, suspension. But don't don't say that. That that, that just <laughs> irritates folks. Okay. Uh, and and uh, sounds a little disingenuous. But I don't believe that it was disingenuous. I do believe that he was trying to get the guy a chance to throw the ball because he was a young player.
0: I see. Well, then it was disingenuous. Well. I mean, I, I think, I think, I don't know.
6: We can call it disingenuous. Okay. It's, it's here, fair here enough. Here's I, what I know. Don't, I don't think he's wrong when he says he didn't have the right personnel in. Yes. But I do think he okay. should not have said it, nor should he have run the All play.
0: All right, here, here are some facts, Rick, that I know. I don't know whether you're right or wrong, but I do know that these facts are true. Fact number one, not necessarily in any order. <laughs> At 53 years old, in my current condition, I could have taken a snap from center and gotten down on one knee. That's fact number one. Fact number two, and this is an interesting and maybe takes us to our next conversation. That touchdown covered the spread for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, I don't know what percentages of the coaches know the spreads care about the lines I know that their alum and their boosters care about the spreads <laughs> and the lines I'd like to know from your standpoint you and I pick games or you pick games on this on this podcast and on our old radio show all the time are are these uh, uh, bear Bryant wasn't probably aware of the lines but a young coach like day could have been aware of that that touchdown covered the spread for the Buckeyes.
6: No? I would say it's unlikely. Okay. Uh, listen, listen, we're inundated with information over the course of the week, uh, and people will tell you uh, sometimes about line shifting as, as a way to tell you maybe something's happened in their camp okay. that you should be aware of that maybe uh, you aren't aware of. Okay. Uh, you know, a quarterback going down or something like that. that that all of a sudden causes a shift in a line. Uh, But I would not think that this was something he was trying to get accomplished. I think he was trying to get another play for a young player that, uh, you know, probably didn't need to take a knee, probably done that many times in his life, probably wanted to throw a touchdown pass in a college football game.
0: I suppose I shouldn't leave this subject because I have a, a few others, including Big Ten stuff without asking you okay
6: Barry Switzer I'm told knew the lot. <laughs> <laughs> why does that not surprise me <laughs> and, and, and was uh, always wanting to take care of uh, his Oklahoma boys yes
5: <laughs> okay
0: if,
6: if given okay. the opportunity okay.
0: we have been waiting you and I have been talking about it I know that you've been talking about it on CBS and with everybody else you do interviews with we have been waiting to see the Big Ten we have been really waiting to see ohio state because ohio state is considered by far and away the class of the big 10 and the and the one the one team that we expect to be uh, very much in the nc whatever you want to call it the
6: playoff picture the the football final four the football yeah.
0: final four so so now we've seen the first weekend of the big 10 and we'll we'll graduate to this crazy penn state indiana game but uh, are you sold on Ohio State who go to Penn State this week?
6: They looked good. They did not look dominant other than the quarterback position. The quarterback position, yeah, Justin Fields, who slimmed down from 230 to 218. He's on a plant-based diet, which I don't care about 230 to 218. Did The guy has the discipline to be <laughs> plant-based at the age that he is, tells me all I need to know about the guy. And he goes 20 for 21. Yeah and yeah. runs for another 50 yards and, and they won't run him much this year they don't need to right but he's the kind of guy that can put your team on his shoulders with his legs as well much like uh Trevor Lawrence did in the Fiesta Bowl against is Ohio he better State than Haskins year. the old Ohio State quarterback oh, yeah. yeah he's better he's, he's better than Haskins okay. this is this is a you know a really really good football player with a lot of good football players around him i don't think Although Michigan really impressed me, Mitch. I thought Michigan yeah. defensively, their front four looked the part. You know, that was a Minnesota team returning almost all of their uh, their offense. Uh, all five of their offensive linemen returned. Tanner Morgan, their quarterback returned. Mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman, who had opted out, came back. The running back, Abraham, was back. They were good. That defensive line, I think, is going to grow into something. The Michigan-Ohio State game will be very, very interesting this year.
0: Okay. Let's graduate to Penn State, Indiana, and, and maybe even more than Penn State, Indiana. If you said to me, Mitch, what's the most unnatural football play in the sport? It's those rare occasions that we see every once in a while where it's in the best interest of a defense to let a team score. And it's in the, and it's in the best interest of an offense to not score. It happened twice this weekend. I don't know if you were following Sunday's action in the NFL, but it happened. You certainly are aware of the Penn State-Indiana finish where the Penn State guy doesn't doesn't get down at the one he sco- scores and it ends up leading to a catastrophe at the Did end. It in the game yes. Did it happen
6: in the Detroit-Atlanta game
0: today? Yes, it happened yeah. on Sunday... In the Detroit-Atlanta game, Todd Gurley. In this case, the Penn State case, the kid tried to score because that's what he's been trying to do his whole life. In the Atlanta situation, the Gurley, he tried not to score. The Lions kind of pushed him into the end zone. So here you have (laughs) – I I kid you not. I was watching the game live at the time. Here you have the Lions defense – All their players have their arms up calling touchdown. I've never seen anything like it. They're calling touchdown. The defense and the Falcons offense are are doing their, no, it's not a touchdown. No, it's not a touchdown. It's the craziest situation all these years since Pop Warner football. We've been told we want to stop a team from scoring on defense and we want to score on offense. And yet these types of plays sometimes turn turn the outcomes of the games.
6: The, the, it's absolute that they turned the outcome of the game. And uh, James Franklin will get to the collegiate side of things should have known better. Uh, he said that he did. He said that they talked about it on the sideline, but I would offer evidence by handing the ball off that you didn't talk about it long enough. <laughs> because <laughs> There's no reason to, to hand the off. ball off right, there right. Uh, for everybody who uh, wants to come up to date. The, the, Penn state was ahead 21 to 20 and got the ball back. I think on the 14 yard line of Indiana. That's correct. So 14 yards away from pay dirt inside of two minutes and Indiana had only one timeout, meaning that you can get rid of a minute 20 of that and probably 10 more seconds of just running time. So a minute 30 of the minute 40 and you can kick a field goal and you can be up four Kicking off deep, and they're given them probably 15 seconds left in the game to come down, and they'll still have to kick a t- score a touchdown to beat you because you can be up by four. Right. That that was the situation, and he, he, they he, handed he, off to their running back, yeah. who was basically escorted into the end zone right. as the linebackers for Indiana all but o laid him, like you'd see in a bullfight, right. and he looked a little confused as he kind of meandered into the end zone, <laughs> uh, and and Indiana went right down the field, scored, got the two point conversion 28 28 was their only chance to win the game, a uh, meaningful chance to win the game. And then they end up winning in overtime. And right. I know you're going to want to talk about that overtime play yeah, as well. Right. But James Franklin, that was a gaffe. And those are the kind of things that separate great coaches from good coaches. And we're, and, and it's not to say we all don't make mistakes. And Franklin is, handsomely uh, compensated right now as a terrific uh, head coach for Penn state. And the proof is in the pudding. Look at their record since he arrived and the job he's done recruiting, but you have to be better than that. You cannot let that happen. That was a simple one. Tell your quarterback, Sean Clifford, who had run the ball countless times in the game (laughs) previous, tell him to run a draw. Wait a second. explain Wait a second. the situation maybe, to him.
0: Maybe he didn't have the right personnel on the field.
6: <laughs> <laughs> You're good, Mitch. You're good. Uh, it was it was a disaster for Penn State fans. By a the disaster. way, by the way, you
0: say you use the word they olayed. The Indiana defense olayed the Penn State running back into the end zone. By the, When you see Todd Gurley from Sunday against the Lions, you are literally, I'm <laughs> kidding, I'm not kidding you, you are going to see a Lions defender pushing Gurley from behind into the end zone because he tries to fall down. And one of the linebackers from the Lions comes over and gives him a shove to get him into the end. Forget Olay, he's pushing incredible. him. It's, it's just incredible. incredible.
6: The, other, the other mistake is before we leave James Franklin and the, uh, the final seconds of that regulation as well, no, as, no. as uh, time of, of the game, uh, there were eight seconds left. Uh, he was on the 40-yard line going in eight seconds left on the clock. He had used his final timeout, but it was third down and one. It would have been simple whether you're running the ball or, or whether you're throwing a slant route, I would have opted for a slant route because it, you know, people may have been protecting the sidelines, not to let you get the ball out of bounds, but it would have have been simple with the collegiate rule, stopping the clock for a first down to throw a slant, get, eight to 10 yards easily instructing the receiver to catch it and slide go up as they mark the ball dead and then wait for the chains to move and spike the ball and, and get that kick to be a 48 47 yarder rather than a 57 yarder it would have been simple and he kicked it with eight seconds left in the game so some 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 cleanup to be done with penn state as they get ready for ohio state this next week
0: mistakes i gotta tell you you know i don't want to jump on chris peterson there's no reason to do that but we've seen this before from some great coaches that have some i don't know I don't, I don't want to use the wrong word. Gaffes, just errors in judgment, time management sometimes. It, you know, it, stuff, uh, stuff that guys yeah. like me that have never coached a day in their lives but can do the math on certain things and say, okay, wait a second, play clock, I can run it down if I take – what, what, why is he doing that? You know, it's, it's pretty easy Chris to Peterson, do the math. Yes.
6: Chris Peterson could have taken a knee uh, years ago when they were playing at Arizona, chose not to the fumble, yeah. Rich Rodriguez and the Wildcats beat him. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then he said, our chart said." I said, get a new chart, <laughs> get a new chart because uh, your chart's wrong. Yeah. The math is, yeah. is uh, absolute. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how many seconds you can take off now, head coaches when they get to that level of being a head coach, that's their job. They manage games. But if you're not comfortable in those math situations, and some people aren't comfortable with math. Right. I mean, all you have to do is see SAT scores. Right. And you see some are people right. really good at it. Some aren't right. If that math isn't great, then get somebody on your staff who does the math and listen to them. Yeah. Don't go just by a chart if yeah. you're still not really comfortable making those decisions because they come back to haunt you. All right. And I, and and you don't need and you don't need to make those mistakes.
0: I'm so with you on all of that. Now, as the Indiana game ends and I I encourage any of the people that are listening right now that haven't seen the highlight, Indiana goes to overtime with Penn State. They score, they can kick an extra point in one of the overtimes to tie the game and continue it on, but the Indiana coach says no. No, you know we're the underdogs here. We're going for the win right here. And the quarterback rolls to his left and dashes to the to the pylon and he stretches and it's very close. Very close. Did he get to the pylon before his knee came down? Did he not? They call it a touch, or they call it a two-point conversion. They review it; the, the play stands. as called probably would have been would have st- stood as called no matter what the call was on the field. One
6: hundred percent would have stood as yeah. called had he had they called it right. not good. One of the no
0: great—it's—it's got to be one of the great stretches for a pylon any of us have ever seen, college or pro. Yeah or
6: nay. It's an unbelievable athletic uh, display by Michael Penix, the quarterback for Indiana. There's no question about that. I think Penn State got job. You do. I don't you think do. that ball gets anywhere close to the going to over the plane. I think it hits the ground. I think it's evident it hits the ground really? before it hits the pylon. And I, I really struggle uh, if, uh, if I'm a Penn State fan uh, looking at that.
0: Really? Yeah. I couldn't, t- I watched it a bunch of times. I couldn't really tell either. You're, you're really strong of uh, on that belief.
6: I think it's, well, just, the angle and the flight at which the ball is traveling and is because his arm is attached to his body. So his arms attached to the body. It's not going North and South. The body is going at least Northwest. Right. <laughs> and for the, you say that that ball crossed the plane before it got to the pylon to me I think it hits the ground. I, think I it's see. Her- I'm not even Herculean th- right. in terms okay. of maybe its I don't, effort, but I don't. I don't see it making it.
0: Maybe I don't know the rule. I'm not even thinking about crossing the plane because I always thought if if, he, if the player gets to the pylon before he's down, it's a touchdown or it's a two point conversion in this
6: case. If the ball hits the pylon before he's down, yeah. yes, it is a touchdown. But okay. this ball hits the ground before it hits the pylon. Okay.
0: Okay. So Penn State gets jobbed and they they host Ohio State this weekend. They can get well right away if they could somehow pull the upset over Ohio State.
6: Absolutely. Uh and Penn State let, let's let's be fair to them. They're missing Micah Parsons, their star middle linebacker who opted out. Uh not playing. They're missing Journey Brown, their leading ball carrier from a year ago uh he didn't play in this particular game they turned the ball over far too many times to win uh like they were favored to do but uh they, they did find a way to come back in the game late and and probably should have won it for uh, but for some unfortunate clock management
0: the waddle injury uh for the alabama crimson tide uh, how does that change thing if it changes anything moving forward in your estimation
6: it was a horrific injury to a really dynamic football player. Jalen Waddell, a youngster from Texas, had been a star since he arrived on campus. There wasn't any room for him uh, amongst all those great wide receivers that they had. When we saw Tungabailoa, you know, win the national championship, uh, you know, against Georgia in the in the Mercedes Dome, but Waddle found a way anyway. He yeah. was just that dynamic, whether it was as a kick returner or a deep ball, uh, pass catcher and was having a monster year was leading, uh, the sec in pass, uh, in, in receiving yards and, and was just, you know, stupendous player. Clearly, going to be a first rounder when he when he chooses to go to the NFL, and unfortunately, breaks his ankle in uh, the opening kickoff. He'll be gone for the season. The problem for Alabama now they still have two really gifted wide receivers in uh, John Meshi, a kid from Canada, and also Devonte Smith, who I think's really, really a blessed player. But when you only have two, you now can kind of take those guys away. And, and kind of focus on the others. Slade Bolden will be the player that replaces uh, uh, Waddle in the slot. I think what you're going to have to you're going to have to do, and what Steve Sarkeesian is going to do, is find a way to get Meshy and Smith to the same side so that you can see who's getting bracketed and who's getting singled Mm -hmm. or get into a lot of what we call trips where one tight ends to the boundary and three receivers to the same side so that you can get one of those two really gifted players, or Smith, always singled for uh, Mac Jones.
0: The voice of Rick Neuheisel presented by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app order ahead on the app. I have one reaction To my beloved Syracuse Orange, only losing by three or four touchdowns and getting a smooth 48 points from Oddsmakers. And you want to know what that reaction is? Cast the chip. No, yes. That's one of them, but that's not the main reaction. The main reaction is, we own Clemson, okay? (laughs) We own him. We beat him in the Dome a few years ago, and then the following year that nobody remembers which oh, I, think I remember we, it. We had I remember him, it. the Chase beat. Bryce game. That's Chase right. Bryce. We had them beat with about two minutes to go on their home field. The following year, they got away from us with a An late illegal field
6: goal. offender downfield. That's right. That That's game. right. Yes. And
0: now, and now, what do we do? We cover the forty-eight. So I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything from anybody. And Mitch, by the at way, one
6: point <laughs> in that game, it was twenty-seven I know, twenty-one, I know and you was. had the ball. Yes, they. Uh, yeah, they fumbled away. It was it away. a sack strip, strip and or uh, <laughs> situation that kind of turned the tables back to the to the orange and then Dabo got all upset, you know, am I at the right That's press conference? That's what I wanted to you ask know, you. A, a little sensi
0: poo. We call it sensi poo. He 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 didn't like the questions being about the lack of energy, the lack of focus. Hey, we won by 24 point we won by 24 points. Am I at the right press conference? What do you what do you think about him being a little sensi poo about that?
6: He, listen. He's uh he's at the uh, the pinnacle right now, he is at the zenith of coaching. I mean, he has a program that's uh, unbelievably talented. He has everything a guy could ask for in terms of uh, acclaim, power, money. I mean, and he's having fun. I mean, he's one of those rare guys that really looks like he's enjoying what he's doing all the time. So he doesn't like dealing in negativity. I don't know that he was aware that Trevor Lawrence came out earlier via zoom and said that he, you know, (laughs) the team lacked energy. So it wasn't as though this was a thought that was just permeated through the media tent. It was, it was something that was brought to the fore by one of his players, but you know, he, he wants to control the narrative and you know, that's what happens when we build these castles for these coaches with moats around them, right? That uh, (laughs) you you don't get to have uh, a thought that uh, might deviate or or be in disharmony with what I'm going to say and preach here at this uh, particular press conference.
0: I got it. We, we need, uh, we need to go over your picks and I say plural because we'll get there in a second. But before we do that, we don't often celebrate punters and kickers when you and I chat
6: are we doing the rice thing okay no
0: first before we get to the rice thing because the rice thing you want to do the mathematics maybe I need coach Peterson to do the I have I have a story
6: I have a story for you (laughs) you I want to breathe be the prelude to the the rice rice thing thing.
0: but before we get to the rice thing, can we please throw a sticker on the helmet of the Texas Tech punter (laughs) who kicked one, he kicked one 87 yards. He kicked one from his own end zone, Rick. Out of the other end zone, okay? <laughs> and this was not one of those 60-yard bounces. This thing was a bomb, and I'm reading about it, and I'm watching the Highland. I'm like, this is – I had to watch it four times to believe it. It was – I mean, it may have been a little bit wind-dated, but the kid – Oh,
6: it was wind-dated. Okay, have you now. not been okay. to uh, no, I've not. Tortilla Flats I've, in I've, Lubbock, <laughs> Texas? I've not. But Holy but hold on. You hold don't on. want your kid to be pitching that place.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Unless he's pitching – Unless downwind. it's a wind in, yeah, yeah, downwind. But what? About, this, but then I find out not only did he kick one eighty-seven yards, he had earlier kicked one seventy-four. Now I want to know in the history of college, in the history of college or pro football, how many punters have had two kicks in the same game—one of seventy-four and the one of eighty-seven. That's guy wind or no wind. That's got to be one of the greatest punting days in the history of the, the sport. Am I wrong or am I making too
6: much of this? that? No, that is, that is an absolute, <laughs> uh, and listen, punters, uh, are absolutely hugely important weapons. And, and I say weapon because that's what they are. Yeah. They flip field position. You get yourself out of binds and, and can absolutely change the course of a game. Uh, my last year at Washington, where we came back and had the Northwest championship. Oh, I remember
0: the Northwest we, championship. Yes. We,
6: we uh-huh. won at Oregon despite falling behind. Uh, we won at Oregon uh, with a flip of the field. Uh, we had this kid out of Arizona. His name is escaping me. And I hate that, but he he knocks a 80 yard punt uh-huh. and I know it was 80 yards. And here's how, because I was so angry because we missed a third and one. Yeah. One of my young graduate assistants had taken Reggie, uh, Reggie Williams, our great receiver, out of the game. We had two tight ends, two running backs, but Reggie was in there. Had taken him out and put a walk-on receiver in the game. And I'm sitting there going, who did that? (laughs) I go, do you think we're telling Oregon we're running the football here? You think there might be a hint that this is going to be a run, and obviously Uh, they gang the box and stop us, and now we're having to punt. And so I'm grabbing this GA, and I've got him, and I am laying into him going, "This you cannot make these kind of mistakes, kind of like what I would be doing to James Franklin if he did the same sort of thing. And as I'm doing it, this kid's eyes are getting big, and I'm saying, I want your focus. And now he jumps out of the way because the punt had just been made and the gunner who is the wide receiver trying to get away from our guys trying to knock him out of bounds is running down the sideline and he absolutely cold cocks me oh, no. blows me up i am in helter skelter oh. just oh. ass over tea kettle and but the punt goes 80 yards oh my it, it, actually 79 we get the, we get them stopped on the two yeah and it was a 78 yard punt wow and i'm just wow. sitting there going and, and the kids going coach i go okay two things number one don't take reggie out and number two <laughs> take me with you when you see that we're in we're in harm's way okay two things oh. two things. but uh, uh no punters are are worth their weight in gold and and uh it, yeah, it was a huge win for texas tech
0: okay uh, since you got win. by the way since you got decimated on the sidelines I, I I was all set to ask you if that was the stadium where a year or two later you were up in the suite with the
6: Ducks hat. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 it was. But, Same stadium. But now I'm yes. not going
0: to do that. I'm not going to well, bring that Well, nice that's nice That's
6: nice Okay. <laughs> As okay. if I hadn't already become public enemy number one. Yes. Okay, okay. So I don't know whether you want to tell
0: – let me – I should tell everybody what we're, I don't know that everybody knows about the Rice kicker. They have, the Rice kicker is lined up to kick a field goal that will win the game for his team, right?
6: I think. First of all, it's Rice's first game of the season. Okay, Okay. right. Rice, because of COVID and complications, whether it be on their own campus or with other teams, he had yet to be able to get a chance to play. And so here they are, finally getting an opportunity to play, and they, their opponent is a conference opponent. Of course, they're in Conference USA, and they're playing against uh, Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders. That's Rick right. Stockstill and the Blue Raiders okay. come to town. Okay. So Rice now has got a chance. It's overtime, and they've got an opportunity to win the game. Right. And this is a huge chance for <laughs> yes. Mike Bloomgren. Yes. Mike had been the offensive line coach for Stanford for years. And now he's finally got his chance to be the uh, to be the uh, uh, head coach. And Colin Riccatelli, Colin Riccatelli, goes out there to knock through this (laughs) forty-five yarder to win the game. And you take it from there, man. Well, take it from there.
0: Again, we're back to math and trigonometry, or some sort of some sort of math equation. Maybe we
6: need to get uh, Peterson back. When you see it, when you see this to, to your listeners, when you. See this on video, and you can look it up. Um when you see this on video, just look through the goalpost yes. at the Rice team because they're watching this kick. It's unbelievable. and they're all running with their hands up in the air.
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, it hits, it hits the upright, the right upright, the right upright as the kicker's looking at the kicker's yes. view. It hits,
6: comes the, down and hits the crossbar. Correct. Kicks and caroms now off the left upright. <laughs> correct. And comes back and hits the crossbar again. <laughs> yes. And then returns to the end zone. Much to the dismay of short, the owls. Yeah, when I, yeah. yes,
0: it, it, it falls so short. So now I have yeah. to tell you,
6: <laughs> okay. I'm I'm the coach of, uh, I'm one of the coaches on the Baltimore Ravens staff. Yeah. Okay. And we are playing the Cleveland Browns. AFC North division tilt. Okay. Yep. And w- the Browns are lining up to kick a field goal to send the game into overtime. 50 yarder they kick it it hits the upright comes down hits the crossbar or what we thought was the crossbar and bounds back into play and we rejoice we run out onto the field the ravens have won all is well in mudville okay yeah the two officials are still standing there and they're kind of talking to one another and literally all the 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 pleasantries of how you doing how's your family the teams have shaken hands
9: yeah
6: and all of a sudden this official comes and comes over and walks into uh, our locker room and says we've got a problem the ball actually hit the up the, the upright and came back and hit the back the standard that holds the goalpost post oh. that bends slightly forward and then creates a crossbar it crossed over the crossbar it hit the the, the post and bounded back in. And so it was good. We went out and lost in overtime. You talk about stealing joy from a party. So I've, been, I've seen it all, Mitch. I've seen it all.
0: Oh, okay. But I thought it was worth bringing up. i, I, I you know, what are the chances? What, what, in our lifetime? you're no matter. I don't and know of how. Of course, long, I don't know how we long. We finish we're gonna, the
6: story. Yeah, the owls. There's no joy in their mud billy. No, there, yeah, yeah, no of course not. Yeah.
0: Of course, not. I didn't even think I had to go there. I think it was pretty <laughs> much, pretty much uh, inferred. But when will we ever see something like that again? Off of one upright off of the crossbar. Doink. Off of the doink, the other upright. Doink. Four. Doink. It's a four doinker.
6: The quadrupled.
0: A- doink. And it, it could have dribbled, by the way, it could have just as easily dribbled on the opposite side of the crossbar. Easy. And, been good.
6: Yeah. and then we'd be talking about it as the greatest kick of all time. Now it's but just no. the greatest disappointment. Okay. As if Rice needed okay. more disappointment.
0: Rick Neweisel makes picks with us each and every week and we had a we got two from him. One official. The official one was Oklahoma State. It ended up being three. They're up ten. This is this is what Bino Cook, my old friend Bino Cook, may he rest in peace. When I would bring something like this up to him, where Oklahoma State is is giving three, they're up ten, and a backdoor touchdown, and it ends up being a push, a wash. He would say to me, Mitch. That's why the Vegas people live in big houses and send their kids to Ivy League schools. (laughs) That's what he would say, okay? So we pushed the big one, the one that matters most because that was your official pick. But, but, and I have it ready, the technology that is Mitch unfiltered, you told us, liberty, give me liberty or give me death. So I give you the highly technical
6: bell it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing <laughs> malik willis continues to create profit for the entire liberty loving world and go. uh hopefully they can continue where are we going? so you're asking week? now where yes. i want to go this where are we week? going
0: and are we getting one are we getting a little a little you know cherry on top as you like to say sprinkles oh, i I'd love sprinkles give, on uh, the sunday a little cherry on okay.
6: top okay. absolutely okay. okay uh that that goes without saying <laughs> okay we are going to go to the Big Ten. I think I saw enough in the Big Ten to uh, merit this pick. Okay. Uh, we're going to take the Minnesota Golden Gophers at Maryland, laying 18 or 19.
0: I'm going to look this up as you talk. Go ahead. Tell me about we, Minnesota. We, it,
6: it's an 18 or 19-point spread. We are going to take this yes. and take it to the bank.
0: We're taking Maryland.
6: Minnesota. We're laying the points or are we taking the points? Oh, we're laying the points. We're laying. We're going to take points. the Golden Gophers. Okay. I I like the Golden Gophers to get off the mat, especially defensively. And you know, Northwestern dispatched of Maryland in week one. Okay, ran for over three hundred. Okay, I thought Minnesota ran the ball pretty effectively. What against what I thought was a really good looking Michigan defense. I think the fact that they're zero and one we'll get, uh, we get value. the row of the boaters right? uh a little bit uh ready to go right and i think this is a one-sided affair
0: okay we get value uh, the the experts would say Mitch you're getting value because had minnesota beaten michigan in exactly. week 1 this would be 25 26 27 points but exactly. you're getting you're getting value here so new Heisel knows a good deal at nordstrom when he sees one and he's taking minnesota minus the points
6: okay that's exactly right okay. that's exactly that's right that's the sunday that's that's the that, that's the that's the big uh, enchilada. Okay. And now, yeah. As we go to dessert, if you're asking for dessert, yeah. Uh, yeah. With a cherry, yeah. I will provide you what I think is also a wise move. LSU found an offense this last weekend. An offense that ran the ball was in great balance. They dispatched of South Carolina, a game that actually I thought South Carolina would have a chance to win, given the way the two programs had have played the last several outings. And and I think that LSU, with TJ Finley as their quarterback, has a chance to all of a sudden turn into what we've come kind of to know and love as LSU, yeah, uh, which had been missing thus far this season. So they have a game against Auburn on CBS. I like the Tigers yeah. and I, don't, pick I think them. it's pick it's, them. it's yeah it's pick a pick them. it's them a two.
0: it's I'm looking at it it's in it's two in certain places one in the other place but LSU's actually the underdog in this game so you I say
6: them. i like the tigers i can't say that when it's lsu and auburn can i <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's easy can. to say yeah. but it doesn't help much you, you, uh, you, i you, like uh York. the bayou bengals oh, you got How's it. that you got it yeah.
0: rick newheisel taco time northwest and the taco time northwest app thank you rick we'll talk to you next week appreciate
6: all your support i look forward to it hopefully we can uh find another quadruple doink <laughs> thank you rick see you buddy Oh, so close to another perfect
0: picks week for Rick. A push in Oklahoma State, Iowa State because of that last-minute backdoor TD by the Cyclones. But Liberty does us proud, sends us to the cashier with a winning ticket. Not to mention my Orange plus 47 big ones against Clemson. Daniel's Broiler CEO Lindsey Schwartz is back with us for a few minutes. What a meal our family had on the deck at shy, just a few weeks ago. How's everything doing, Lindsey, over there at Daniel's
7: Broiler? I'm really glad to hear that you had a good time. You know, there's lots of people celebrating with us. And things are going fine. We're still at 50 percent capacity, so we can't fill the restaurants up. But uh, we really have been filling them to that capacity level consistently since we reopened back at the end of June.
0: So the three restaurants, three of the four restaurants remain open, outside seating available as we continue to get kind of encouraging COVID numbers. Lindsay, are there any rumblings about modifications by the state to the restaurant people?
7: Yeah, there's rumblings. I mean, it's, it's day-to-day, but if um, if the counts continue to stay at the level they're at and, and trend down, then we hear that they will allow us to, um, to have larger capacities and larger party sizes. So that would be fantastic. But in the meantime... We're just taking it one day at a time, and we're feeling pretty good about the the coming months.
0: The question that I don't think I've ever asked you is, how often does Lindsey Schwartz and or his family dine at a Daniels, and what's Lindsey Schwartz's go-to entree, go-to meal at Daniels Broiler?
7: You know, I don't go as much as I used to with uh, with the limited capacity. I don't want to take a table away from <laughs> from somebody else. But uh, when I get a steak, because you gotta you gotta get steak, I like the eight ounce fillet. But I don't always get a steak, and when I don't, I really like the halibut, the fresh halibut that we always carry in the summertime and I like the salmon year-round, and the crab leg appetizer is my favorite.
0: So there's three ways to enjoy Daniel's Broiler three of the four locations. You can obviously go dine in, limited seating inside and outside. You can pick up your order. You can order and pick it up at any one of the three locations, or you can even have Daniel's Broiler delivered to your door. Is that right? Am I missing anything?
7: No, that's right. And, and uh, I'm really proud of our team. We've really adapted to, to the way the trends are these days. I think we've put together a really good program for both takeout and delivery. And that segment of our business is growing every week. So it's pretty exciting. And we feel good about moving forward, uh, even as, as the weather's you know, obviously going to change. I think we're still going to be just fine. How do we get delivery? Is it through Doordash? You know, we're we're pretty much partnered with with every third party delivery service right now. Okay. So anyone that you like to use, uh, check it out, and we should be on there.
0: Daniel's Broiler,
2: world class steakhouses, unfiltered. I love this city. It's always reinventing itself. But this is more than reinvention. This is unlike anything that's been done before. I wanted to create a place that didn't just keep up with the times. I wanted to create something new, but classic. It's a new Vegas, a new era, and it's starting right here.
0: Let's pivot from all the football-related conversation from the weekend here on episode 114 to a brand new project that may actually be the home of the best place to watch football in the United States. Opening this week, it's called the Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas, Nevada. And joining us on Mitch Unfiltered, the man with a vision, Derek Stevens is our guest. Derek, it's great to have you.
2: Great to be on with you. Glad, uh, Glad I could make it today.
0: Well, big week, exciting week. Talk to me about what this week means to you and your brother
2: yeah you know this goes back a little bit uh you know it was august of 2015 when we bought a property called the las vegas club and uh well i can't believe time flies by but a little more than five years later yeah we're opening uh we're opening circa las vegas here on uh, on wednesday so we uh we uh we've had a lot of, a lot of time to work on this project um we we had to do a demolition and then we cleared the site and then uh design and build and uh well, by Wednesday, we're going to be ready to go. <laughs> I hope so. Let's go through it a little
0: bit. Downtown Vegas, not the Strip, right? For those who are unfamiliar, uh, you have a handful of properties downtown. How challenging these days is it to get visitors to consider staying away from the Strip, Derek?
2: Well, remember one thing. Um, you know, I came into Vegas in 2006 when I bought the Golden Gate, and uh, that's on Fremont Street. It's actually directly across from Circa, and what's kind of cool about that—it's the oldest building in Las Vegas. It's the—it was 30 years before gambling. The address is 1 Fremont Street. Mm-hmm. So I kind of came into Vegas, uh, you know, in that period. A few years later, uh, I bought a property called Fitzgeralds in 2011, and uh, we renovated that and rebranded it into uh, the D Las Vegas. And then, um, you know, just a year and a half ago, we opened up our sports brand, which is called Circa Sports, Mm -hmm. to be prepared for uh, the opening of this resort, uh, Circa. So, you know, the one thing I would tell you that's amazing is being downtown. Remember that the Fremont Street Experience, it's the second most visited tourist destination in America. Now, not in 2020, but in 2019, Downtown Vegas, the Fremont Street Experience, we did 24 million people. Mm-hmm. So after Times Square it was the most uh, the most visited location. So really, for for downtown, what's a little bit different is you know there's only 60,000 or 6,000 hotel rooms mm-hmm. in downtown Las Vegas, mm-hmm. while there's 150,000 on the Strip. But Downtown Las Vegas has all this visitation, so really our our core business is is really what we call day trippers or, or night trippers. People who want to come down and have a good time for four or six hours, get a great meal, do a little gambling, and uh, have have a few drinks. So for us, um, for us, we're ready to go. You know, we're uh, we're excited about uh, about this project. I mean, it's the first new project in downtown Vegas uh, ground up in 40 years, and and uh, well, there's a lot of a uh, lot of excitement.
0: And there's a lot of attributes and elements to this project that I want to ask you about that are a little different let's start with adult only Derek you guys decided what is it 21 and older that must have been that must have been a toughie to pull the trigger on would you ever soften on that if the early numbers in the first few years suggest or are you going to stay true to that
2: no I think I think we're going to be good with that I mean uh, the decision actually was something that had been in the back of my mind for about the last 10 years frankly and, and here's the thing the reason why we're doing it, sometimes people jump on the thing, over 21, is this adult or triple X? I'm like, no, no, you're missing the point. And that's not it at all. What we're doing, we have, uh, we have three entrances on the first floor into Circa and one on the second floor. That's the bridge that connects to Garage Mahal. So what we're going to do is we're going to just ID everybody at our four entrances. And the reason why we're doing that is because once you get inside the casino it it provides for a better customer experience and where i'm going with that is if you go up to a bar our bartenders will no longer have to id check anybody Mm -hmm. if you sit down at a blackjack table you're never going to have to get id checked when you think about the number of id checks we would do at our bars and our restaurants and our table games we estimated over 7,000 id checks a day Mm -hmm. you know and and it just takes up a lot of time So, we think we're going to be able to provide some better customer experience, a world-class customer service. And from the hotel perspective, we're willing to give up a little bit of demand for the hotel rooms. You know, if there's somebody that brings, you know, their teenager with them or something like that, we're willing to give up that segment of the business in return for what we think is going to be a much better customer uh, uh, experience. Yeah. 777 rooms, right? 35 floors
0: above the ground uh it's the largest in that section that area of vegas was it a challenge getting the go-ahead to build a building of that height downtown close to i assume the airport
2: yeah, you know, d- downtown Vegas, it's in between three airports. It's in between uh, McCarran, yep. it's in between the, the regular Las Vegas airport, it's in between the North Las Vegas airport, which is just a little north of us, and then Nellis Air, Air Force Base. So, yeah, we had to get three different FAA approvals to go, go through it, but uh, we worked through that for about six months, and uh, and, and everything worked out just fine. So, yeah, this will be the tallest building in downtown Vegas, and, uh, and it's going to uh, supersede the D, which has been the tallest building for the last 30 years. And by the way, we should mention because of COVID, you had to change some
0: plans. This week, you're opening the first five floors. Uh, the rest of the building is not going to open until when,
2: Derek? Yeah, we, uh, we're we going to open up the hotel and uh, our rooftop lounge called Legacy Club. We're going to open that December 28th. Okay. That was actually the, the time frame we were planning on opening everything, but because of some of the construction restrictions, we just couldn't get our construction workers up, up into the tower to work. So they were able to allocate all these resources on the first five floors. So it's the three-story casino, all the restaurants, all the retail. Yep. Um, the, I'm sorry, two-story casino, the three-story sportsbook. Garage Mahal, um, and Stadium Swim. So we're able to get that open two months early, and that's what we're doing on Wednesday. And
0: that that brings us to why I think you're on this show and what intrigues us and our audience about your property. The pictures, Derek, and the videos that have captured the world's attention of your property is the sports book, the sports book i've seen i've never seen anything like it at least from the pictures and the videos tell us the details tell us the backstory. tell us the vision if you wouldn't mind
2: yeah you know i've been coming to vegas for a long time and uh i think i've had uh, i've had some great football sundays down here in every sports book in vegas and i guess over the years you know i never really thought i'd be in a position where i'd be able to build one of our own but uh try to take the best of the best and celebrate all the great sports books in vegas and well, what we're doing is we're creating the world's largest sports book. So it'll be three stories. You have all kinds of great booths and tables and recliners, and, as well as stadium seating. So uh, you always have a great view. 78 million pixel screen. So we can have. Uh, you know, we could have about 20 games on at a time and it's crystal clear. Uh, Daktronics is, is who did the board and boy oh boy, this, this screen is unbelievable. How much did it cost you, Derek, the screen? Well, here's a great thing. I, <laughs> my brother and I, we're <laughs> privately owned companies, so I don't have to answer those questions. I just avoid. I don't have to. <laughs> but I can ask them, right? You don't mind me asking them. Thousand... <laughs> no, I don't mind anybody asking them. But I'll tell you what, when everybody comes in here, everybody's going to say, holy smokes, That's this great. thing had to cost a fortune."
0: Yeah, that screen is incredible. I've seen pictures. A thousand seats. Answer me this from what I know about your business, which isn't much. I gather it's bit of a I don't know, pardon the pun, a gamble to make the sportsbook the the focal point, the signature of a Vegas property because of the financial dynamics of sports wagering versus the casino stuff, the machines and the tables. Am
2: I right about that? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, sportsbook takes up a lot of square footage. So I think that's why, you know, over the last 20 years, there hasn't been as much investment in that area um, as maybe what you've seen uh, in other areas. But from my perspective, you know, now you have 19 states where sports wagering is legal. Mm -hmm. And my thought is a lot of the people that are wagering, whether you're in Washington State, whether you're in uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, a lot of the people that are wagering on their apps in their home state, they're going to end up coming to Vegas. And when they come to Las Vegas... Who's not going to want to see the world's largest sports book? Right. So I, I love the fact that, you know, that sports wagering is becoming legal all over the country. And when those people make it to Las Vegas, everybody's going to want to see the, the, the world's largest sports book. Stadium swim. You mentioned it. The other thing that
0: catches everybody's eyes, everybody's eyes, that video board that you've got out by the, the incredible pool area, which is a 12 month a year pool area. Talk about the concept of having that beautiful uh, state-of-the-art ability to watch all the sports that you want. I can recall for years and years and years and years going to Vegas with my family. I loved being in the sports book watching the games. My family loved being out by the pool, whether it was Caesars Palace or somewhere else. And I hated the fact that that when I went out by the pool, I lost touch with everything that I was watching in the sports book. That's not the
2: case at your property. I'll tell you what. You just nailed it. You just nailed it uh, <laughs> perfectly. That's exactly the case. You know, I've been I've been to every pool in Vegas. I've been at every party pool. And yeah, you know, all we're really trying to do is we're trying to create you an experience that blends all these great things together. You know, the Las Vegas sunshine's unbelievable. We think that, that um, the pool scene with the music is going to be great. But at the same point, if you're making a bet or you're betting on the app or, or anything like that, you're going to be able to see all these screens. Yeah. This outdoor screen is uh, also ridiculous, 143 foot screen. So you'll be able to see every game out there and uh, yeah, you're going to be in an outside environment and, and we're open 365 days a year, so you know some of the pools that we have go up to 103 degrees. So you'll be able to uh, be able to go out and watch uh, watch a hockey game in January and things like that. So uh, yeah, we're excited. I mean, this should be a great new uh, a great new concept that comes to Las Vegas.
0: Yeah. Derek, you mentioned not having to card at the bar, that bar, that indoor
2: bar. Did I read where it's the longest one in the state, the state of Vegas? Yeah, you know, I when when we created the long bar. At the D Las Vegas, uh, you know, I used to make a joke saying, yeah, this is the world famous long bar, and, and I think it's the longest bar in, in the in the state. So, well, anyway, some guys checked it out. It's the longest, the long bar, the original long bar at the D, that's the longest bar west of the Mississippi. Oh, okay. So, this one's about 50% longer. So, I feel like, I think uh, mega bar is now going to take the title. And no
0: concert venue, or am I wrong about that? You're not going to have shows at the well, uh, certain- I mean the
2: concert the concert menu is such that Stadium Swim is the is really the location. You know, Stadium Swim, yeah, it's going to be great for uh, music and pool and uh, and uh, watching games. But it's also a venue that we're planning on doing 4,000 people a day through. So we can do shows up there. It's, it's really an outdoor aqua theater.
0: Finish up with us, Derek. And Derek Stevens and his brother are the creators of a brand new project that if you're a Vegas and you're a sports fan, a Vegas goer, you got to see this to believe it. It's called the Circa Resort and Casino this project and the timing of the the pandemic I'm certain that it it threw a lot of curveballs it threw a lot of wrenches at you were there accommodations made were you able to do this the way you wanted to do this how concerning and how does it change maybe your target of of the performance of the project over the first few years
2: yeah, I would say you know, like I mentioned earlier, th- this project really started in 2015. So we did not change the scope of the project. The one one benefit that we had is you know we have two operating businesses right at this time with the, with the Golden Gate and the D. So we're very you know active with uh, and up to date with where our current our current directives are from our governor. Our, our directives from the Gaming Control Board. So that's really helped us. You know, we, we've um, we, we continue to run our other businesses and um, things are going well. I think a lot of things have changed and evolved in the country. In as much as when we had a requirement for everyone to wear masks mm-hmm. in the first couple of weeks that was pretty tough because a lot of people didn't want to do it and they may have been visiting from states that weren't wearing masks but i think their culture and uh i think the american people as a whole have changed not wearing a mask is no big deal so people still want to go out and have a drink gamble a little bit bet on sports and have some fun So it's just it's just things have evolved. So we'll be ready to go with when Circa opens, just like we are with our other properties. It's called Circa Circa Resort and
0: Casino. Derek Stevens. It's his vision. It opens this week with the greatest, perhaps the greatest sports book anybody has ever seen with a video board. He's not telling us he's not telling us how much he paid for it, but a video board that you just will not. You, want to, you won't even be able to comprehend when you see it in this three-story sports book, plus an incredible video board outside by the pools. I wish you and your family and everybody around Circa all the very best this week. I know it's an exciting week for you. Thanks for joining us on Mitch Unfiltered, Derek. Hey,
2: Mitch, thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a great week. There's the
0: voice behind what many are calling the greatest sports book in the world, which is opening this week in Vegas the Circa, Casino, and Hotel, The Vision of Derek Stevens. It's spectacular. And the giant screens in the sports book and out by the pool, just crazy. Hey, look who's on Mitch Unfiltered. It's Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. The fact that you have time to talk to me speaks volumes. You're very busy, you and your team, these days. We are incredibly
5: busy, but you know we have always got time for you, Mitch.
0: <laughs> Jordan, update me on the numbers. What are people finding through you guys in terms of 30-year fixed primary residence refis?
5: Yeah, people are finding rates in the 2.5% to 3% range on purchases for their primary residences, and they're finding interest rates in the 275 to 3% range on range term refis, and still 3% or under on cash-out refinances.
0: What number... If I have, does it make sense for me to call you guys or somebody else in your business? What number is too high for us these days in, in, in a 30-year fix, let's say?
5: I really think if you're still sitting at over three and a quarter or so, you should at least give a call and look at what numbers might look at as far as the new 30-year if you want to lower payments or uh, even shortening that term up to a 15- or 20-year option. Is the market hot? Yeah, the, the market's incredibly hot. Uh, inventory is still tight, so and buyers are wanting to take advantage of these low interest rates. Buyers are active. Um, housing is low as far as what's out there and available. So it's a, it's a hot market there. And then everybody's calling about refinances, seeing how low they can get their interest rate right now.
0: So I'm a Mitch Unfiltered listener. I'm hearing Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland Office of Gill Mortgage talk right now, and I want to connect with you, you or somebody on your growing team. How do I do that?
5: Same two numbers. You can call my office line, 425-250-3145, and either myself or someone on the team will answer. Or you can call me or shoot me a text on my cell phone, 425-890-2957.
0: A great partner, a great sponsor of Mitch Unfiltered, the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage.
3: Unfiltered.
0: Okay. I hope everybody listens to Rick Neuheisel. I don't want to oversell it. I just want to say that I think it's the best segment that he and I have ever done together in 25 years. Thank you for not overselling <laughs> it. I appreciate that. I loved it. For some reason, it was just so fun to do this one. And the guy from, I want you, once you listen to Derek Stevens and his vision of the circa yeah. and the sports book, you and I are going to want to go. We're can't going to we, want to go. Live show.
1: Let's do it. Let's
0: broadcast I don't from go. I, I'm, I'm scared of getting sick. I can't uh, go anywhere right now. Yeah. If I can get a vaccine on the way over. To the circus. Maybe if they can give me one in the sports book, I'm good.
1: Or on the plane, maybe by the yeah. Let's do other stuff and get the hell out of here. What do you got? Let's make it quick. You go first. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist. I think he may listen to the podcast. Well, I don't know. He recently came out and said that.
0: Okay. Did you listen? You never, we've never talked about this.
1: We haven't talked about it, but I I did send you a text from a friend who completely loved it.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's one. Is that the same friend? No, no. There's
1: more (laughs) than one one listener. this. Okay. We haven't talked about the astrophysicist
0: that was on 113P. Right. That I said you're going to love because it was just, we just clicked. And And I even played on 113P the lead up to the interview. Hilarious. Right? Yes. So you now listen to the interview. Yeah. He was great. He was awesome. So funny.
1: Yeah. Well, now Neil deGrasse Tyson's telling yeah. everyone that, well, the truth is, there's like less than a 1% chance that it's going to— percent That's right. So now he's sort of—I feel like he listened to the yeah. podcast, yeah. and he's ripping off our guy, yeah. Dr. Mario. Mario
0: Livio. That's right. Yeah, Livio yeah. He says, listen, the, wor- the, the accent's great. Listen, the world's not going to end on November the 2nd when this asteroid is supposed to reach land. It might end on November the third. <laughs> That's right. That was really <laughs> funny. Uh, well, he was funny. How about
1: the He's fr- asking me about the Ravens it, by the with way, that uh, accent. He brought up Bruce Willis. Yes. And I was wondering if you knew what he was talking about.
0: Yeah, he I know that there's
1: movies about Bruce Willis, you know what's yeah. it called? It's called, uh, It's called Armageddon, Armageddon where right. they like land on an asteroid. Right. and it. Yeah, but he didn't know about the asteroids, the video game that he didn't know, but I could, hyperspace, believe, <laughs> hyperspace. I couldn't believe he knew about that cockamamie movie. He didn't know about, he was probably forced movie. to watch it by like his grandkids to just break it all down and explain how I, I really
0: and, and, feel like the Ravens were the <laughs> best team last year, but they lost in the playoffs <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> gotta have one again.
1: Oh, he, he was, was great. great.
0: Yeah, he was great.
1: Murder Hornets. They're back. They're here. But, I was the first. But you they, heard it here first, folks. They discovered that nest in Washington and they've yeah. since extracted I, it. I watched, the, I watched the extraction. Oh, you did? Yeah, they refused to do it until I got there. Oh, nice. Mitch <laughs> is here. No, I actually saw it on video. Yeah. Have you
0: seen the extraction? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's, cool. it's yeah. kind of cool. So yeah. I guess we don't have to worry those about are, them anymore, right? Are, for right now, for like, What's the chances One, two of them are off mating right now or yeah, doing whatever
1: they do? I guess they're coming home to their house like, what happened? Where's our house? I don't know. We were on a date. <laughs> I don't know. All right, you're up. Know. You
0: want me to go? Sure. Antonio Brown is not going to sign with the Seattle Seahawks. No, he is not. But he is going to sign with a team I'm scared of now. I'm officially scared of them.
1: That's a big piece if he's still Antonio
0: Brown. I've watched him the last few weeks. I watched him against Green Bay. I watched him against the Raiders this past weekend. I think they're really good. I think they're really good. And if you said to me, Mitch, the Seahawks are not the best team in the NFC. Who is? I think most people would say, well, then Green Bay must be or somebody like that, yeah. right? I think if, if the Seahawks are not the best team in the NFC, which with their defense, I don't know how they could be. I think the Bucs are. The Bucs are really good. The Bucs are really good. They've got a good offensive line. The quarterback's still playing Primo football. I mean, not not like he used to, but he's still, he's still making the throws.
1: He's though. got yeah. Mike.
0: They've got Mike Evans. They've got but, uh, Godwin. They've got uh, Ronald Jones is good. They've got Kowski caught a touchdown again. Kowski's <laughs> coming alive now. Geez. They've got what's um, oh, the other running back? Leonard Fournette. Their defense is. Let, let me just say this: If the Seahawks had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense playing like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is, yep. the Seahawks would go sixteen and zero. Uh-huh. 19 and 0 and win the Super Bowl and my Dolphins would have to step aside of 1972. That's how good I think that the I think the Buccaneers are the most complete team in the NFC. You mark my words, they got two losses. Yeah, they're not unbeatable, but now they get. Now you might say, oh, good for them. They get Antonio Brown. We don't want him. I know that 70 percent of the Seahawks fans that I polled didn't want Antonio Brown. Fine. Say what you want about Antonio Brown and whether you want him. Yeah. And maybe you might say to me, well, he maybe he's lost a step. He hasn't played in a year. I don't know. Maybe he has. Yeah. But if he's anything like what he was with the Patriots, I'm not talking about the Raiders or the Steelers. Remember, he was on the Patriots for one game. It caught a touchdown, if I remember against correctly. The
1: Dolphins. That's right. Yeah. Now, I remember the touchdown. Yeah.
0: If he's even that good, you add him to Godwin and Evans and Gronkowski right. and he Leonard Fournette and, and Tom, Br- you can just be a
1: guy. I know, scary, really scary. That's I, my other stuff. That's my first submission for other stuff. I didn't think the Tom Brady thing was going to work out. I kind of felt bad for Tampa Bay getting, you know, sucked into this Tom Brady. He's yeah. always, it's yeah. a Belichick. He looks good enough, doesn't he? He's making all the throws. All right, Gene Simmons, most of the throws. He's yeah. making most okay. of the throws. Well, yeah, but he's still being productive and throwing Gene touchdowns. Gene Simmons, you a big fan of Kiss, are you? Well, when
0: I was a kid in fifth and sixth grade, you had Wally Baldwin. <laughs> okay. It, there was a big rivalry. With who was better, Led Zeppelin or Kiss?
1: Oh, and you went Barry Manilow. You had to go one way. No. Is, that, is that what you happened? Had, it, you either had to go one way or the other, or you got beat up. Okay, so you got to decide. You it, took, it, you, you took you, some you, lumps. It, what? You took some lumps because you can't stand either of those, I'm guessing.
0: Uh, no, I was okay with Kiss.
1: Oh, really? Oh, I didn't Led know much Zeppelin.
0: about Led Zeppelin. I was in fifth grade. Okay. I liked the makeup. I like the fact that everybody back then was trying to find a picture of one of the four guys oh, without their makeup That was on. everything. Yeah. And, and I remember like the funny things that you remember. This has got to be... Well, how old am I in sixth grade? Well, how old Twelve. would you be? Okay, so this is, this is 41 years ago. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that I remember vividly from 41 years ago. I can't even remember. I remember a magazine, some poppy magazine, pop stuff. Teen Beat or something. something. Yeah, yeah. That had a picture of I want to say... Is it Chris, Paul, no, not Chris. Peter Chris. Peter Chris. Not Paul Stanley. Maybe Paul Stanley. I think it was Paul Stanley. Okay. Paul Stanley, the lead singer? He is. Beth, I hear you calling. Well, he, yeah, he, that- he doesn't
1: sing that one. Okay, he doesn't. The, the drummer sings that one, but yes, Peter he is Chris, the lead singer. Uh, who's, who's Peter it? Chris sings Peter, Beth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, lead, not uh, Ace, Ace, Fre- Ace Freely? Nope, uh, no. I'm just showing you that I know who they are. That's very nice.
0: But of one of them was in this magazine with a towel, and the <laughs> towel was over half their face, and their face didn't have makeup, so you could see the eyes and up to the forehead. And you were... Super cool if you had that magazine. <laughs> yeah, that's that was everything
1: in I mean, Mrs. McCurcher's office, in <laughs> Mrs. McCurcher's class, the French class. What is, she uh, used to hit you with her ivory ring. That's another story. Hit you right over the head. The entertainment, the things that used yeah. to entertain us. That I can imagine that was everything. Yes. So what no are we talking about? Look, why,
0: why are we talking about? Uh, uh, why are we talking about? Gene, uh, Simmons, Gene Simmons. He just did. He his... marry
1: Shannon Tweed? Is he married to Shannon Tweed? My my girl. He was with her forever. They have two kids together. Yeah. He always refused to marry her. But then he did this cockamamie show that Gene knows best. Or I don't. Know. Gene has breasts. I don't know what it uh, was. Gene called. has I breasts. It he had a long tongue, right? <laughs> he yes, he still it, has it. Is it
0: a, is it an implant or is it a real thing? No,
1: I think it's it's the real deal. It's the real but thing. But I think they eventually got married because of the yeah. show. But he, he, he like recently
0: sold a house or something. I think I read.
1: Well, it's it's kind of it's a really nice house. It's yeah. a two acre estate in Benedict Canyon for twenty two oh, million. Beverly Hills area. Yeah, it gets yeah. you seven bedrooms and sixteen thousand square feet of pure luxury. Yeah. If you want Gene Simmons' house, Gene Simmons. and that's the one that he lived in when he was. I don't think I want
0: Gene Simmons' house. The, a lot the. of stuff happened in that house. I'm oh, a, some I debauchery.
1: Don't, I don't know what happened in that house. See, part of me likes that. That's, that's the yeah. part I like. No one the, the debauchery. Well, that I'm not talking
0: there. about that debauchery that you like. I'm just thinking
1: it's a weird. It's a weird house. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Uh, if I get twenty-two million, I'm buying it. Okay, am I up? Yep.
0: There were two... I'm going back to sports. You did, Gene. Am I allowed once you go off of sports to come back yeah, to sports? Of course, yeah. I have sports What are the rules of other stuff? Oh, there's no rules. Okay. There were two instances, and I spoke about this with Neuheisel, but I'll speak about it with you. Did you realize that there were two instances in the football weekend, two marquee instances? Okay. One in college, one in pro. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. I
1: was off the grid a bit, so probably okay. not.
0: Where, where a running back was ill advised to score a touchdown. Okay. Shouldn't have scored a touchdown, it should have dropped at the 1 yard line. We see that occasionally very and early. in both cases they lost the game as a result of it. Wow. What are the chances of that? Right. Okay.
1: So cuz because he scored so, okay. he gave the ball So Penn State,
0: Penn State's got the ball against uh, I don't even know Indiana. If he drops down at the 1, they run the clock down, they kick the field goal, they win the game. Okay. Instead, he scores he shouldn't have. The other team comes down. It makes them an eight-point game. Actually, yeah, I think maybe they were up one. So they score and make it eight. They come down. They score. Go for two. Score. Get to overtime. Score. Uh. Go for two. Score. They lose the game. Penn State loses the game because they're running back scored. And then, if that's not enough, a day later, Todd Gurley of the Atlanta Falcons... Same situation against the Detroit Lions. Very similar situation, but this time he breaks through the line and he's trying to go down. He knows okay. I'm going down, yeah, yeah. but the Lions push him in. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Two
2: crappy teams. Or, or the Lions that, right. push
0: him, and by the time he realizes where he is on the field, it's too late to go down. Yeah. And it's like. They're like reviewing the play, and the Lions want it to be a touchdown. (laughs) It's it's the strangest thing. They call it a touchdown. The Lions go down, score, win the game. Of course.
1: Of course. How else could that go? I I love two crappy teams. Can't even, like, go down on the one correctly. You know, that's that's really funny. All right. Adam Schefter reports on on Countdown that Jags running back Raquel or Raquel Armstead. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's going to miss the whole season because of COVID-19. And I'm wondering, is that the first person we've heard of? The whole season? Yeah, it says he's going to miss the season due to COVID-19 uh, complications. He's been hospitalized twice. That tells me that maybe he was on a ventilator. Is that possible? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was. I thought that was interesting. That I, I haven't heard of anyone missing Ooh. the entire season. Ooh. Yeah, that's a little rough. Okay, so you got, you
0: went back to sports. I did, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm up, and Ben DiNucci is on our, is on my mind. Okay.
1: Ben DiNucci. You don't know who Ben DiNucci is? No. He'd be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys oh, this week. That's right. Ben DiNucci. That hit Dalton took was Bullshit, man. They, they, that he was totally sliding. That just, uh, I have no love for Andy Dalton. That was a bull. I hope that when, guy gets fine.
0: When was the last time the Dallas Cowboys started a guy that I have never heard of at yeah, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? Right. I mean, I brought up Danny
1: White ben a few weeks. Danucci out of James Madison <laughs> is the new quarterback. Go ahead. Ben Danucci, huh? All right. A Taiwan student broke a Guinness World Record when he was able to bounce a soap bubble. 290 times on his hand before it popped. Which is the same excuse I used to give my mom when I lived at home as well.
0: <laughs>
1: go ahead. Trying to set a record here, mom. I don't hear sniff. Get out of here. Beat I it. I don't hear sniff. Well, that, that's just... I have, I have another story after that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just thought more. it was interesting. I have more. Yeah, go. Um, we didn't talk about the World Series. Do we care? Oh, that, that, ending, that ending the
1: other night? I watched it in Boardman, Oregon. I'm sure you did. I watched like the last four...
0: Were you have wearing you a mask? A,
1: yeah. Have you seen a crazier ending? That was a crazy ending.
0: That the guy was... falls down
1: halfway between third and f- and then the guy swipes and loses the ball. Yeah. Just crazy And then stuff. he has to like, get up and go slide again. That was the best ending ever. That
0: was not going to be my, my other stuff. My mother's stuff submission was going to be major violations at the University of Arizona. Have you heard?
1: In Tucson, okay. Ooh, is the Tucson one, right? Not yeah. Arizona State. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. Sean Miller may be done really the
0: dreaded lack of institutional control and lack of head coaching control they may have no other when people listen to this podcast on Monday or Tuesday, he may already have been fired. yeesh probably not. I, I don't know exactly how the, the how it works from here, but I'm just telling you the uh, the NCAA has sent a letter to Arizona saying we have found like nine viol- I mean bad stuff like like level one whatever they call that level one violations that lose you scholarships that lose you Ooh. postseason that loses you Pac12 play that loses you NCAA tournament I mean this is this is a major college basketball program that could be seeing its downfall at least for the for the time being and a major coach are there specific guys my out? age who I remember watching when I was in college who's that Sean Miller Oh you remember watching yeah, Sean Yeah he was on that Pittsburgh team when Jerome Lane broke the broke the uh the backboard send it in jerome bill raftery send it in jerome and he, he with one hand and the backboard chatter charles smith jerome lane oh. the, the guard of that team in fact the guy who dished him the ball when he went up for the dunk send
1: it in jerome he
0: it was it was sean miller okay i'm a little loopy
1: <laughs> yeah, i'm a, a little loopy but hasn't he been in trouble before you've not you don't know the
0: send it in jerome
1: routine? no i, I don't oh well, yeah i mean you, you love you love
0: youtube
1: i send do it in jerome I love it. Yeah, but the kiss hasn't. Yeah. He been in trouble? Hasn't he been accused of stuff in the past? Sean Miller. I feel like he was already on the hot seat. This for is some it. Stuff. This, is, this is that stuff. It's still that stuff. Yeah, it's okay. paying
0: players and oh. illegal money transfers. And DeAndre Ayton might have been getting money each week. Yeah, and that's all, all kinds of stuff. Yeesh. Yeah, bad, bad stuff at the University of Arizona. All right, all right. Eddie Van Halen. Are we back to Eddie? Can you picture his guitar or no? No, I can't even picture him. The but I know his ex-wife. <laughs> yes, you one do. One day at a time. <laughs> she was cute. Just knock on the street. Dan, dan,
1: dan. So he's got this signature-looking guitar. He it yeah. calls it the Frankenstrat. I won't get too dorky, but it was originally what? a Kramer guitar that he made. He combined it with parts of a Stratocaster. It's called the Frankenstein or the, okay. the Frankenstein. Okay. Okay. So he had one custom-built for their 2007-2008 North American tour, And it can be all yours because that guitar that he played on that tour is going up for auction. Now, it's the tour. It's known for reuniting him with David Lee Roth. It was like a big deal. And this particular guitar was the only one personally crafted by Eddie Van Halen for the tour, making it truly unique. Now, hold on. Check. This is crazy. It was played by him during Van Halen's concert at Seattle's Key Arena Where? on December 3rd, 2007. And the guitar is autographed and dated. So if you want That was a
0: great place, that Key Arena. Good David Stern loved it. He told a young reporter. He did. It was dressed like Charlie Sheen at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: your hair was as black as could be back then, wasn't oh, it?
0: No, I don't think. I was starting to go gray by then. Really? Oh, in yeah. 96? I, starting.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Yeah,
0: How old was I in 96? 90, 27, 29? Oh, maybe not. Yeah. Very close. Very soon thereafter, I started seeing grays pop up.
1: Kiarina. I, mean, I met you, and that was it. Best that was it. That um, okay. to me. Okay.
0: Do you know who my Syracuse orange played in football? This
1: week. I thought they played Clemson.
0: You did. Or, and they did. And they did, okay. Clemson's the best team in the country, right? Correct. Syracuse not very good, right? Yep. Okay. Do you know what the spread of that game was?
1: Oh, I don't. 48. Oh, man. I'm taking the points. Okay. I took the points. Okay.
0: I not taken the points. I took the points yeah. and they lost by like 24. It was the easiest win of oh, all time. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll see you at the bank in the morning. On the way to Taco Time Northwest yes. for my free taco, see I'm going to stop at the bank. <laughs> but anyway, that's not why. So, you know this that when 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 spreads are that large mm-hmm. very rarely do they offer a money line Correct. bet. You know what a money yeah, you know course, what a money yeah, line yeah. bet. So a money line bet for the people who don't know is you can either bet a football game with the points or you can literally bet it even who's going to win or lose, yeah. but then you got to do odds. That's so right. when you do with points it's like essentially 50-50. I bet 100 bucks. If I pick the right team with the points, I got 100 bucks and then another 100. I win 100 bucks, a right? money,
1: a, 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 Money line equal to a 44-point spread would be... 48. Too, 40. It would be too big to It would be too, too big. They but somebody
0: offered another.
1: one. Oh. Somebody offered one. Oh, no. Okay? okay? And I want to tell you that somebody
0: bet on the Clemson Tiger. Now, if you would have bet on the Syracuse Orange... To win the game, not with 48 points, to win the game straight up as a 48-point underdog, which, by the way, would have probably made it the biggest upset in the history of college football. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say because it's a major college football program. <laughs> yeah, but, I gotta, but if you would have put money on them to win straight up and they won, I think you would have gotten... I'm looking at this... I, plus 44,000. Oh, so you would have gotten $40 for every $1 you bet. Okay. 40 for every $1. That's a big you bet. money line. If you would have bet Syracuse and they won and they did win, okay? Some guy, I, I, I just cannot believe. What tell me why anybody would do what I'm about to tell you. Okay. This actually happened. This is this is not some sort of joke like your last stories about a Florida man. This is a true story in a major casino in in Las Vegas. A guy put up Eight thousand six hundred dollars. He walked up to the stand and he put up eight thousand six hundred dollars on the Clemson Tigers to win, which they did, and he won eight dollars and sixty cents.
1: <laughs> Is that right? Is that even worth parking? Of I mean, his parking was probably twenty dollars. <laughs> he put up
0: eight thousand six hundred so that he could win eight dollars. he got his eight thousand six hundred back. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Plus, yeah. so he got eight thousand six hundred and eight dollars and sixty cents back. All that for all the stress and so what do we what do we think we know about this guy? He was he was eight sheets to the wind. Right. Yeah, but he had a lot of money on him. He must have won something on on like blackjack. He must have not understood.
1: Not understood the odds. Maybe yeah, yeah. he was
0: from Europe or something. He yeah. didn't speak the language oh. or didn't understand sports. He, I, I, could I, have been a clumsy. I, I think. No. I think. An, <laughs> I think a guy who bets eight thousand six hundred dollars. He thought he was getting six seventeen thousand two he thought he was making a
1: regular like, bet double his he money he
0: had to have done it by <laughs> mistake no he he thought he was betting it like it was a like it was a 48 point spread so so he thought he can you imagine so he's drunk or he's Gosh. stupid so listen to this he's drunk or he's stupid and he goes up and he buys this ticket and it's eight thousand six hundred dollars and he puts the eight thousand six hundred and he gets this ticket and then he goes up to his room or he goes to the sports book and he sobers up Yeah. Sobers up. And then he's watching the game going, I can't believe I bet all this money. Come on, Clemps. Thinking. And then they win. They they win. He goes up thinking he's getting seventeen thousand two hundred dollars and
1: he gets eight dollars and sixty cents. And in Vegas, I wouldn't even buy you a hamburger. I'll get you nothing. (laughs) You imagine eight dollars is your big win. That's hilarious. By putting up eight thousand six hundred. Oh, that's really funny. All right. You ready for the last one?
0: No. I got more. Oh, do you? Yeah. You want you want a couple more? Yeah. Give me I a couple more. Arm, I come armed. This is too long of a show. People are not even going to hear this. Go ahead. Um, should I save these? I, I got two more, and you can choose which one you want to hear about. Okay. Okay. Let me get to the my notes here. Uh, so I've got one about a guy. It just makes me sick. A grandfather dying three hours after he was punched during an argument at
1: Starbucks. Do you know about that? No. Do you want it? You want to be outraged, or you want me just to just save that one? About I will say when I got back, I had trying to catch up on stories and I saw people beating the shit out of each other in New York City, in Times Square, at Bonnie Lake, there was a gun pulled, right. Woodenville, That's just a downer Ooh. and we're all down about the Seahawks, so I'll leave that one. But that's a sad, sad that's story. awful. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sad, sad, a young kid hit the guy in the, hit the guy in the face and he died. What is with sucker punching people? Because, right? because he was playing his music. The guy, the young kid was playing their music too loud and he, anyway, Ugh. um, uh, how about the story of Samir Mazahem? I want to tell you about Samir Mazahem. Okay. 56 years old. Went to a Michigan 7-Eleven uh, or a Michigan Quick Stand or whatever you call it. Sure. And decided to play one of these mega million lotteries. Okay. But it's, not, it's, the one, it's one where if you connect them all, if you get them all, you get a million bucks. Okay. It's just a million it's bucks. It's not the big jackpot thing.
1: I don't think thing. it's the big yeah, jackpot
0: yeah. thing. And he gave them the numbers he gave him the no. I guess he picked his own numbers okay. instead of getting a quick ticket he get the same numbers the guy gives him the money he gives him the, the tickets he gives him the money he gave him he, he wanted he wanted two different tickets so he gave him numbers and then he gave him quick pick whatever yeah. and he walks and he gets home he gets home and he looks at the tickets he goes holy shit they gave me the same ticket twice oh instead of two different tickets yeah yeah and it hit really so he won double <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder, he you, you won double? He he was pissed off. He mistakenly got oh the same God. ticket twice <laughs> and you get a million for each winning ticket. He got two million by a, by a, a sheer mistake of the system he was trying to he wanted two sets of different numbers he got two of the same and what are the chances are it's gonna hit right and he's gonna win double the money he needs to
1: throw five grand in a paper bag and go throw it at that cashier i'm
0: ready for the florida man and sniff how do you know
1: it's florida man it's always a florida woman or florida man yeah you don't have any faith in your people stay out of trouble i mean come on we don't stay out of trouble (laughs) palm beach county florida no way a woman allegedly now you're going to my hometown a woman allegedly shot a man in a Publix parking lot. Oh, Publix, were shopping as a pleasure. Is that right? <laughs> Not for these two. Oh, I love Publix. Nothing like a good Publix cake.
0: Whew. That's where I did all my shopping as a kid. That's where my family, yeah, Publix, mm-hmm. we shopping as a pleasure.
1: It's like a little QFC safeway type of place, okay. but go ahead. Tell mom to be careful in the parking lot I huh? after, after hours. Yeah. She allegedly shot a man in the Publix parking lot after he gave her counterfeit cash during a drug okay. deal they had set up on Snapchat. Okay,
0: you got to tell me, you, and, and if you don't know the answer, go looking for it. I want to know which Publix in Palm Beach County.
1: I don't know. Is there a lot of them?
0: Yeah, there's a ton of them. But I got to know if it's like one of the one, one of my. Can you can you look up the story? You have the story there. Yeah. And you only have the notes of it. You no, I, have okay. the I already have the page. notes
1: right now. But I got to know. I got to know if it's like my home Publix. Okay. Well, maybe this will help. According to Boynton Beach oh, police. Okay. okay no. It's not you then. No. Okay. 21 year old uh, Michaela Francisco was arrested Thursday on charges of aggravated battery carrying a concealed firearm during the commission of a felony and improper exhibition of a firearm. Francisco allegedly arranged to meet the man in the parking lot to sell him marijuana, which happens from time to time. And she told the detectives in an interview that the man got out of his car, came up to her passenger side window. Wait a second. Was she selling the marijuana? She's selling. Okay. And he came to the passenger side window, threw the money in the car, like in the window. Here you go. Thanks for the weed. You know, he just, like, quickly threw it in the window. Here's your money, lady. And she's in the car. She's in the car, By yeah. By herself. By herself. And, the, and she's giving him the weed. Yeah. She's so, gi- she already gave him the already, weed. She handed him the weed. Drug deal 101. Get the money first, okay, all I right, I dummies? Don't, okay, I don't know. Good Lord.
0: Okay. okay, so she gives him the weed, <laughs> yeah. and he throws the money into the car?
1: Yeah, he just kind of yeah throws it in like, ah, you yeah, know. Yeah. She said it was clearly counterfeit. So she got pissed off, and, and when he drove away, she fired some shots at him. and Holy God. Actually hit him. Hit and the car hit him? Both. And then he ended up crashing into a cement barrier because I think he got hit, and he was like— Did he die? No, he's, he's fine. He was, he was released, so nobody died, but uh, yeah, he has li- uh, non-life-threatening injuries, and she was found waiting in the parking lot for the police. Now she's being held without blood. So bond.
0: who do we—what we, uh, <laughs> side are we on? Well, He gave her Monopoly money. <laughs> Maybe she's selling drugs. Okay, but he gave her Monopoly money.
1: Yeah, he did. So, yeah, they both have a little fault here. All right. All right. Well, now I know why Florida residents are taught at an early age how to identify counterfeit money during a drug deal. (laughs) I'm sure you're an expert, aren't you? Uh, Who misses the days of waiting in a random parking lot to buy weed from a sketchy person who's most likely packing a gun? Not Washingtonians. In your face, (laughs) Florida. (laughs) ha. A shooting in a grocery store parking lot after That's a Tuesday.
0: That's a Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Are you ready for it? Yeah. A shooting in a grocery store parking lot after a Snapchat can't even say it. Just start again. A shooting in a grocery store parking lot after a Snapchat drug deal involving counterfeit money went wrong, or as the police there called it, Tuesday. <laughs> He called it. I'm
0: the- not sniffing with you from
1: Palm Beach. You know what? I'm out on the snuff. All right. And normally finally. I was,
0: normally I would sniff with you, but when it's th- that close to home, I'm not going to sniff
1: with And you. finally, the saddest part of the story is that yeah. counterfeit money had to be used to buy weed by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not a great week for him. There you go. <laughs> okay. Poor Ryan. <laughs> Who knew? He some- It's two a
0: time, baby. It's two a time. Yeah to a time. Uh, that's it. That's it. So what do we know? We know uh, we know the Seahawks play the 49ers. They do. We know that uh, you've got a week left this week only to get Seahawks gear at 50% half price all the all 200 items, hats, shirts, all the stuff at Seattle Shirt Company if you uh, if you are a patron so you go to seattleshirt.com but you have to have the code. Go to your Patreon site and you'll get the code or or just contact me. We know that uh, we're coming up on week eight of the Beat the Boys competition with the code word of... Do you want me to say it? Sure. RIP. RIP? Yep. R-I-P is the code word to get in and make your picks for weekend number eight. Uh, other than that, that's all we got. I hope we made you laugh a little bit on a, on a night that it was difficult.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just glad you and I could go 500 on Beat the Boys this week. Nice nice job. Good for us, teammate.
0: How about contributing a little bit to the <laughs> I'd like cost?
1: to. I swear I want to. How about I can't. contributing
0: just a little <laughs>
1: bit? We win 500
0: as a team. See you, guys. I'm a little worried about the, uh, the five-game stretch getting off to an 0-1-1 start.
1: Yeah, I, I had this stat that the first five opponents of the Seahawks, their winning percentage was 310. Right now, as of today? Yes. Okay. Okay, and... Uh, I think I did it before. The, it's, you'll get it. Three, they all lost. Three ten. Okay. <laughs> all their all their victims lost, and the Dolphins didn't play. And the next five is six seventy six. Winning percentage of the next five opponents. Well,
0: I, I don't mean to rub it in. I don't want Seahawks fans to think it'd rub it in. But look, and I, I tweeted something like this before. They had won five games. They were five and zero. And what does it say in twenty twenty when you when you're five and zero and the best team you've beaten in twenty twenty are the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you might say the Patriots are better than the Dolphins because they beat them, but I don't know that they are. Or are they two and four? Or th- I watch the Patriots look like a high school team against the 49 49- I mean, the Patriots stink, the Vikings stink, the Cowboys stink, uh, the Even Falcons back, stink, yeah. the, the Dolphins are okay. And so somebody might yell at their podcast right now, well, Mitch, you can only beat who you play. Yeah. It's, it's a schedule, they beat who they beat. Yeah. But the other part of that is most of those teams – You needed, like, the last play of the game to beat them. Right. You let everyone hang around.
1: Yeah. You're playing down. Stop playing down to your crappy opponents. Episode, what is it, 114? Correct. Go home.
0: It's uh, in the books.